0: Hey guys, what's up and if you see me doing anything, it's just my dog here, anything in the background, she's just waking up from a nap, it's so cold out, so of course she's going to stay indoors a little bit to hibernate, um, if you will, and it is raining outside um, as we speak, so, you know, there's that, but yeah, welcome to a new live Uh, topics on my mind and we have a a bunch of topics uh, to go over as you can probably see right there and you probably see in the description as well but yeah we have a ton of topics to go over here and uh i'll tell you guys it's been one of those it's been one of those interesting uh weeks if you will as far as i'm concerned my finger just hit the mic there It's been one of those uh interesting weeks, uh, to say the least, uh, due to the fact, you know, due to the fact that, um, uh, basically, uh, basically, uh, due to, due to the fact that, um, Uh, What's the one I'm trying to say? Well, basically, uh, due to the fact that um, I've only worked so far at my new job uh, two times, two times at my new job. And it was mainly the first day of training, which was a week ago this past Saturday. And then the other time was a week ago tomorrow. Those were the only other times. And... After that, I just had to wait. Now, the silver lining, if you want to look, call it that, the silver lining is um, basically uh, is basically my job does have me on the schedule or does have a schedule up with my. I'll put it this way: the silver lining is I can go onto the website where you know the, the my new job, seasonal or not. Um, has has a schedule you could look up to see when you when you're um, scheduled to go in. The only thing is the day is that all the days are blank. All the days are blank. There's no, you know, eight to eight. There's no eight to four thirty. There's no eight to twelve thirty. There's no eight to one. There's no eleven. There's no, um you know, twelve to 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 four thirty. There's no twelve to 8 30 or anything like that it's all completely blank and the thing uh the thing is that you know the thing is that um, on Friday they called me to come in now I looked at the fact that Friday would be one of the days they would probably call me in and you know apparently that's what they tried to do you know, they tried to call me in, you know, on, on Friday. They tried to call me in on Friday. And the first time I couldn't really go in because it was last minute. I told her I was still kind of in my jammies and everything. And then she's like, okay, no problem. And I told her, hey, if you want me to come in later, I could. And uh, she, and then moments after she called, my mom called, because she usually calls around 10-something 10 th- 10 to, to check up on things. Uh, during her break and then after she calls store manager calls back again or store hiring manager whatever you gonna call call back again saying hey can you come in at one and me not realizing that the closest i have you know time rise to a bus to take me there would make me a half hour late because the bus schedule you know on a regular basis um if you will the bus schedule on a daily basis mostly um on the weekends, if you will, I'm just checking my dog there. She went back to sleep. Like I said, she's staying indoors because it's you know, raining and it's cold. Uh, but like I said, the, the bus schedule on a daily basis, uh, the one I would take, and it's mostly for a lot of them, I think, is you know, every hour and a half or close to that. So, for example, the first bus Monday through Friday uh, of the day, that is the first bus of the day Monday through Friday, is at 545. The second bus is 730. The third bus is nine, so on and so forth. Well, I couldn't do that. So I tried Lyft and I tried Uber. And it looked like both of them might have been been very close to successful, except one of the things that they have to work on is letting you know in advance. Letting you know in advance. I'm just adjusting the mic there so you can hear me better. But letting you know in advance you know, uh, what driver is coming your way. Because for some odd reason, I schedule it to show up around 12, 1230, 1240, right? To get me to my job. And instead, as soon as 1230, 1240 comes around, that's when it starts telling me on the app, we're finding, locating closest driver. I was like, seriously? 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 You're, you're just now locating them? You couldn't locate them after I booked it? And it took a while. It was taking a while and a while to the point that I'm like, oh, just screw it. Screw it, you know. I'm, I'm just going to unfortunately have to let her know that I'm not going to be able to make it. Well, I call her. I call her, and she's not happy. She's not happy. And she's like, oh, well, don't make – she's something along the lines of, well, don't make promises you can't keep and all that. And I apologized and she said, okay, you know, basically she was not, she said, yeah, but she was like, well, you know, just don't make problems. You can't keep me. Home. And she just hang, and just hang, hangs up after that. I was like, okay, bye. You know, and we just, you know, hang up, uh, hang up on each other. Well, we don't hang up on each other, but I was like, okay, bye, whatever. And she was stressed. You could tell. So what I did is I made an effort a little later on because I was contemplating it, you know, what's on how to do it. So I made the effort. I took the bus the uh, two thirty bus to uh, to the to the area uh, to to Patterson, and I arrived there, and she had already left. She had all gone home, and basically, what it, what I saw was the assistant manager and two other uh, girls doing the registers. There was no one in the aisles. I don't think there was anybody in the back, but there was three people, and it was busy. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm I want to work. I'm there to help out. But she says, "Well, let me call her." And then that being the assistant manager, she says, "Well, let me call when I get a chance to call the store manager, see if it's okay." And then she's then she suggests, "Oh, well, you can call her too." And I'm thinking, I don't really have her number on me, you know. Well, I do, but technically not really. You know, I can't remember it by heart because she called me on the home phone. So anyway, long story short, I left. I tried to leave one of the bus scheduling booklets with them, but she said, "Don't take that with you." That being the system manager, and it's just, you know, to me, it's just like, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna schedule somebody, if you're gonna hire somebody to work for you, for your store, um, if you will, if you're gonna hire somebody to work for your store. Then maybe oh I don't know hire them to um, oh I don't know be there to help out make sure they get the hours you say you want to give them I mean I mean let me ask you guys this how would you feel how would you feel honestly you're you're looking for work especially during the holidays you know so you can have some extra cash how would you feel if all of a sudden The job that does hire you only brings you in once or twice for training, maybe three times for training, and then that's it. And then, you know, she tells you, well, you know, because one of the questions I asked her was, you know, what about me being on the schedule? She says, well, i got to find a way to fit you into this week's schedule or the following week. It's like, it's like, are you serious? You've had plenty of time. And now the schedule, because she says it's every two weeks, it's up. And it has me on there, it has my name above the schedule, the you know, this week's schedule, but there's no hours. And I'm thinking, what's going on? And it does show my availability is, you know, 24-7. You know, not exactly that way, but you get the idea. But it's like, you know, where's the payoff? Where's the opportunity, you know? And there's none. There's no payoff. So, yeah, I made some money. I made some money. Don't get me wrong, but the money I made, if you will, the money I made, um, if you will, is, you know, well, it it it's it's not enough, if you will. You know, it it it's not enough, and that's the thing. You know, it's it's not enough to to really, you know, make a living with. Because, yeah, I have 100-something coming my way. In addition to what I'm getting here from YouTube, that's enough for Christmas. But still, it's like, seriously. You know, if you're going to hire somebody, and this is the honest truth, if you're going to hire somebody, you need to make sure... You have things set and ready for them. Now, look, here's the thing: I I don't blame her for being angry with me because I promised something that I couldn't keep, and maybe she's somebody that doesn't like you, you know, doesn't, you know, or is not fond, I should say, of people making a promise, of saying they're going to do one thing and then they have to relent on it. So I can understand her being upset about that. I do, but here's the thing: you shouldn't call somebody. At the last second. You shouldn't. You shouldn't call somebody at the last second. You know why? Because if you call somebody at the last second or last minute, it throws them off. I mean, what if that person has plans? What if that person's not even there? And you know, and they're probably out Christmas shopping or or they're out enjoying themselves, maybe seeing a movie. How do you work around that? And all of this combined all of this combined folks told me, and I mentioned this to my family, you know, all of this tells me that basically this person, this store manager, that, you know, she's as new to this whole, you know, job thing, hiring thing and all that, she's new to it just as much just as much as i'm new to the store I'm not new to retail or cashiering but as much as i'm new to this company i think she's very i think she's semi-new to being a store hiring manager i think she recently got put in that position my opinion i could be wrong but i think she recently got put into that position earlier this year i would say maybe around the summer I, i'm not I'm, I'm not saying that's true or anything but The fact that she got a little angry with me on the phone, you know, I wouldn't say lashed out, but was just upset with me. You know, you can't get angry with your your employer or anything. You can't be sounding stressed out or anything with your employee, I should say. Not an employer, but your employee. That doesn't make you look good. What you need to do is calm down and, you know, do what is taught to you as it's taught to us. And that's keep a demeanor and positive attitude. Don't let stressness get the best of you. And look, I'll admit it didn't help that she had a conference call that morning. But it, it just doesn't make you look good, especially you being in the position that you're in. So honestly, you know, look, I don't blame her for being angry, angry with me. But in a sense, she has to take a bit of the blame because if it's not me, if it's not me, she's getting angry at, at for basically saying, Oh, well, I can't be there when I when I said I would be there. If it's not me, it's somebody else. And hold on a sec while I check something. And it's showing commercials. Hold on for a sec, guys. The showing commercials. I just want to test something. And just checking something. Okay. I always want to make sure it's playing, that you, uh, you can hear me on the other screens as well. But yeah, like I said, even though I do take part of the blame for calling her at the moment I was supposed to be there, instead of maybe 20, 30 minutes later, earlier, you know, she kind of has to take a part of the blame too, because, you know, again, you can't call somebody at the last minute or on a, you know, you know, twice, that is. You can't call somebody last minute twice in a day because other people are calling out or calling in and they don't want to be there. You know, and she should expect that when it comes to Friday scheduling. A lot of her staff, a lot of the staff that's there are young people. Not a lot, but there are some, mostly the young people that, you know, they don't want to work. They They don't want to work. They don't you know, particularly want to basically come in on the weekends and work. Now, let me take that back. I mean, there are people that want to work. I've met them. But some of them don't want to come in at times they're not scheduled to be there, or they don't want to come in on days that they feel, hey, I could have freedom. I could have a you know opportunity to use this day to do whatever I want. And I think this past Friday was a nice day. You know, and they looked at it and like, I'm not going to spend this day indoors doing a register or stocking. I'm going to go out and have fun. And it's like, you know, why? You know, it's like, why aren't you aware of that? Why don't you just call them up and say, look, I need you to come in. Why don't you just put your foot down and say, look, you have transportation. You can get here yourself. Others that I've hired don't have as much transportation as you do. Why don't you get on your butt, get off your butts, get in into your car and get here, you know, and don't say it in an angry, like threatening way, but just be firm about it. Be like, look, I understand you want to spend this day doing what you want, but you are, I hired you to be here. Can you please be here? And that's it. You know, that's it. I mean, honestly me, if I had transportation, if I had a license and everything, which I don't, there's no doubt. I would be on my way to work. I would have been on my way to work just like that. But the thing is, I couldn't. I couldn't. And one, like I said, the bus schedule doesn't work out, out with me. The Lyft and Uber didn't work out what were, you know, well, and they have to work on that, in my honest opinion. And dollar ride, I could have tried that, but I don't know if, if, if there would have been any available. And oh, by the way, I didn't really have cash on me to do it, and unless they're doing a dollar, dollar rides for free. That they were doing dialogue rights for free, then oh shoot, forget that. <laughs> the the point is, the point is in the long run, what I did afterwards is I called her up, I left a message on her phone, you know, because she called me twice from herself. That's what she did. So I called her and I said, I apologize. I said, Look, I'm sorry for breaking the promise. I, I need to get better at keeping my promises. I appreciate and thank you for the opportunity to work with you guys. And if you have, and if you do need me, just let me know, uh, and, you know, if you need me to tomorrow, which was this past Saturday or whenever, just let me know. And I humbled myself. God always say, God has, God has always said, you need to humble yourself, humble yourself so that, you know, things, you know, you basically just, you know, well, I, I, I'd have to get my Bible out to look it up, but basically we are taught by the Lord above to humble ourselves And that's what I did. God told me just to humble myself and apologize because part of it was my fault. But again, part of it was also hers. And I prayed to God and I said, please, you know, you know, help her to, you know, realize I didn't mean to break it. And that if she needs me to, to work, you know, to let me know and to kind of calm her down as well, you know, kind of, you know, I I basically prayed to him and said, you know, you know, help things get worked out. And he has. You know, only he knows when it's going to be worked out for for both ends. And he has done just that already. Just don't know when he's going to make that a reality. Only he does. But, yeah, the thing is, I humble myself and I apologize. You know, I apologize. Uh, She hasn't responded back. Obviously, she hasn't let me go. So that's one thing. And, you know, it's like, It's like, you know, basically, I just wait and see. I have to wait and see. Now, what's ironic is I've had a lot of people at my former job, because I'd be walking in there just to see how they're doing and everything, because I kind of made a promise to myself that once I get something employment-wise, I'll walk back in there, you know, and I did. And a lot of them are like, hey, why don't you just come back here? You know, one of the girls that I used to work with, she's like, yeah, I used to do the auditory there, but the hours weren't good enough, and, you know, I ended up back, and that's why I applied here. So I could potentially try that. My mom even said, you know, why don't you just talk to the one girl that's now a human resource that you know of, and maybe you could get something going. Maybe I will. But we'll see what they do. We'll see what they do. I mean, I would love to go back. I mean, they know I'm very dependable. And if I explain the fact that I was let go, yes, because of something I did that I shouldn't, but I was also let go during a time of COVID, then yeah, that might work out in my my favor. So we'll see we'll see what happens. But you know it's it, it's just one of those it's just one of these unique situations to us. Like you're going to hire somebody, at least give them an opportunity to work. I mean, my older sister, you know, mentioned that you know why don't you call them and see if you can work elsewhere or any other location. Yeah, that's not going to work. You know, that's not going to really work for me. If you catch my drift. But, yeah, it's it's just – just have to wait and see what they do. Just have to wait and see what they do because, you know, I'm making somewhat of a living with this. So we'll see how that – what that results to in in the future. But, yeah, it's been one of those – like I said, one of those weeks. It's been one of those weeks. And we'll just have to, again, see what happens. I mean, now, speaking of this weekend – You know, we went to church, and as you probably saw here on the channel, and, um, you know, we had church service in a different location. Normally, we have church at the high school auditorium, which is going to get replaced by a new one they're putting up um, on the other side of the school. You know, we were uh, basically going there for the past few months, and then the school basically um, had to remove us for this past week, according to our pastor. And we ended up going to another school, and we ended up having this service not in an auditorium over there, but in the cafeteria, because that was uh, the only place we could have it. I think, well, I think it kind of serves as a cafeteria auditorium because they had a screen, they had a pull-down screen, if you know what I mean. So, obviously, it serves for for both. Uh, But it was at the elementary school, my oldest niece, my oldest niece, niece, I should say, uh, once attended and stuff. So, yeah, we had that, and then we just decided to come home afterwards. Oh, I actually went to the store, and since I had enough on my EBT, I bought, you know, enough groceries and stuff for a while, so, um, you know, we would be okay. We'd be fine with that. But, yeah, that's pretty much what's been going on, guys, and... I'll, I'll be honest. I'm just, it's just flabbergasting, if you will, that again, if you're going to hire somebody, no matter what, who you are, part time or full time, seasonal or not, you got to make sure you have everything in order. Which, again, to me, to me, honestly, you know, makes me believe that she uh, basically, I'm just checking my camera, make sure it's up and everything. Okay. But again, it makes me believe, in my honest opinion, that she may have just been, you know, put into the position of hiring manager, hiring and store manager, um, very recently. I don't know when, but I know it was very recently. I can sense it. I can sense it. Uh, because the assistant manager feels like she'd be more of a fit for store manager than, than where, you know, the store man, than the actual store manager right now. But, you know, I believe that, you know, over, and my finger just hit the mic there. I do apologize. My thumb that is, but, um, I believe over time. I believe over time that given enough experience, you know she'll she'll get the hang of it. She's probably. I think that's what these conference calls are too. I think that to help continue her training. But uh, we'll see what happens. You know, and, and again, this is her first. If she is new to this, man, they promoted her at a heck of a time around around a you know around a very busy time. So. And uh, hold on for a sec. Yeah, I just had to had to readjust the uh, the mic there a little bit. There we go. Just had a bit of an itch. I shaved when I was showering. That's why it's a little itchy um but yeah that's what's been going on and uh, like i said it's uh, been it's been a very interesting week if not weekend but let me know what your thoughts are on the live chat about that by the way guys before we start I'll let you know super chats are open if you want to try those to help donate there also patreon.com you want to help support me there at the one dollar three dollar tier it would be great three dollars here you can get access to uh stuff you can't get anywhere else or well Originally, you could. I'm still doing that. It's just got to figure out what other you know, topics to, to work with and, and all that to kind of put as Patreon exclusives. Um, also, you could help donate uh, using Venmo at Brian Walmer 2. And also, you can help uh, check me out or help me out with listener support on anchor.fm at BW Roses Discussions. I'm close to 300. This will probably be one of the 300. Um, uh, one of the podcasts that goes up before my 300th one, so get ready to check those out um, as they happen. Also, check me out. Check out my Teespring store for um, holiday ideas and gifts if you want there. Uh, I think you'll enjoy what you find there. I'd be real appreciative of that right now. And uh, again, and check me out at BW Roses on Vimo. If you can't see any content here, you could probably find it there eventually due to copyright uh, reasons. But now, with that said, though, guys, with that said, let's get into today's topics. And we got a whole list here, as you probably saw in the thumbnail. We have a whole list here, and you can probably look at it in the description. We have a whole list here of uh, topics. We have six topics uh, for this week as I drink some more coffee out of my last National National Lampoon's uh, Christmas vacation mug. I got this back in April, March at Kohl's. Oh, uh, my sister had a sixty uh, percent off event, they have that like every other few months, and this, they still had Christmas items there. So I got this. There you go. Drinking some Pike play, uh, Pike Place uh, Starbucks coffee out of that. Uh, but anyway, let's take a look at the topics we have here, folks. We got, like I said, we got six on the dock. So the first one is. The first topic we're going to go on will be about the Sonic movie two. We're going to give thoughts on that, as well as thoughts on Jeff Flower wanting to bring uh, uh, wanting to bring uh, more characters in from outside the games. That's right, you heard me right. Uh, We're going again, like I said, we're going to talk about we're going to give more thoughts on the second movie, but the trailer that just came out, and the fact that Jeff Flower, the person behind it wanting to bring in more characters from outside the games. And then what I just saw on Twitter kind of backs it up a little bit too. Uh, Second topic we're going to talk about is Ring of Honor's uh, future after Final Battle 2021 this past Saturday. We'll get into that. Then number three, we will talk about My Little Pony and Equestria Girls specials, those being Best Gift Ever and uh, I think uh, Forgotten and Roller Coaster of Friendship. Uh, leaving on New Year's Eve. That's right. New Year's Eve will be the last day they will be on Netflix. We'll talk about that. Uh, Number four, Hasbro Comics, going from IDW to Image Comics Skybound label. Could the TMNT and Sonic comics be next? We'll get onto that. Number five, where um, uh, where do the ROH stars uh, go from here after Final Battle 2021? We'll kind of give a thought on destinations, potentially. And number six, should reboots based on certain animes and 80s cartoons be done by Netflix or any other streaming services? So those are the topics we're going to talk about, you know, here on the live topics on my live stream. So with that said, guys, let's get into topic number one. And And that topic is on the sonic movie two on sonic movie two and the fact that jeff flower wants to bring in more characters you know in from outside the games now one of the things that backs up that theory and i'm going to pull this up and i do apologize for any uh, lag or anything like that but i'm going to pull this up real quickly because i retweeted this um as well you could probably see it see it a little bit here not you know not like obs style or anything but you can probably see what i'm doing here Um, let's see okay so we have the we have complete we have the complete history of Sonic Satyam twitter page um, at Satyam historian you know talking about uh, did we know that there was a rare Sally themed address book using her pilot design which seems to have only which seems to only have a single image which has surfaced online. So there's that. And we're going to go to notifications here. Okay. Now we're going to go to profile because I did retweet some of this. Now, apparently, I I saw this and I was like, really? And this was from the Sally For All uh, Twitter page. And they said, and I quote, so... At Sega, that's Sega's Twitter handle. So Sega recently acknowledged Dulcie A. Eh? And then they basically backed that up by showing a compilation of Dulcie and Sally in season two of Sonic Sat AM working together, which is pretty cool. And then they also put this, they said also just in, and this is about 52 minutes ago. And this was from the complete history of Sonic Sat AM. The history of Sonic Sat AM, they brought this up. Two hours ago. And this is what they said. In addition to Dulcie, Sadayam is referenced in the Sonic Spinball and Sonic Chronicles sections of the Sonic Encyclopedia. Sonic Spinball obviously mentioned uh, Sonic Spinball obviously mentions it as it was loosely based on Sonic Satayam, mentioning Mr. Mentioning Mount Mobius and the vejo the early name of the roboticizer. Okay, that's pretty cool. So we're going to look into more of this now. In case you guys are wondering what the complete history of Sonic Sad AM is, uh, basically uh, Jacob uh, uh, Jacob Berkeley um, is working on a book right now. That he intends to get out by next year at least. To uh, like I said, you know, he intends to you know get out by you know next year at least to you know to kind of explain and go over you know, the history of the show and the impact that it's had, you know, on, you know, uh, since it's released, you know, since it's released and afterwards as well. So he's doing that. Now, he also mentions, he says, uh, but in addition, a a fact told mentions how the characters you rescue in the bonus stages, Sally, Bunny, and Mutsky, are from the Satyam series. They aren't referenced by name, but it's still neat. The show also mentioned as being called 7am by diehard fans. He says, in addition, the series is once again mentioned in the Sonic Chronicles section, stating how the SWAT bot enemy was directly adapted from the robots of the same name from the 7am series. And then it mentions here, Again, uh, did you know that Dulcie actually gets mentioned in the recently released Sonic Encyclopedia? In the Sonic and the Black Knight section, Factor, everything is canon. Okay, this is what they said in the Sonic and the Black Knight section, Factor, everything is canon. Dulcie from the Sonic animated series is said to somewhat resemble the Mist Dragon from the game Color, in the game Color, uh, from the game color-wise. In other words, Dulcie, you know, is referenced because the color of the dragon in Sonic and the Black Knight, you know, is the same color as she is in the series. Matter of fact. Let's see if we can bring that up. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah, it, it's brought up. It says, everything is canon. It says, Sonic faces down two massive dragons in Sonic and Black Knight in his quest. The Miss Dragon's colorization is remarkably similar to Dulcie the Dragon from the Sonic animated series so there you go and then they mentioned that the red dragon is similar to the bio lizard in sa2 sonic adventure 2. that's pretty cool it is really really cool so yeah you know so yeah that's something to look forward to in 2022 when that gets released and i can't wait to you know get my hands on it eventually uh, but yeah that does like i said kind of pack up one of the things about what was mentioned because jeff flower has gone on record, and there is evidence about this too, that he wants to bring in more characters, not just of the game, you know, not just from the game world, but from all of Sonic lore, from all of the Sonic franchises. He wants to bring in characters from the cartoons and the comics. And even though a lot of fans have debunked this and said, oh, that's not going to happen, Sega won't let that happen, others have come around and said, well... Actually, it could happen because the movie has a lot more freedom than, let's say, something game wise or you know, animated tied to the game wise and all that. It has a lot more freedom, so I wouldn't, so I wouldn't say you know it's not going to happen just yet. I wouldn't count my you know eggs just yet, if you know what I mean. Because it is true, it is true. Jeff Flower, um, like I said, has gone on record. I do apologize again for some lag or some. In it, uh, you know, non connectivity issues. Um, let's see. Are we okay? Go to my, gotta go to my thing here. Come on, come up. Come on, come, come Gonna go to recent activity. Activity log that is. So it pops up. There it is. It takes a while. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to deal with that. I don't want to like this. Uh, But anyway, the Jeff Flower base, you have to take my word. In fact, let me Google it. Let me actually Google that a little bit. Let me. Let me Google it. Oh, Fowler. Jeff Fowler. Not Flower. Jeff Fowler. That's my bad. I'm going to have to redo that. Mm -hmm. Gotta find it here. Yeah, it says he wants to expand the Sonic universe. He said this back in uh, 2020. But according to... So, yeah, that's one thing. He says uh, he wants to expand the Sonic universe. And this is why the cinema blend. He says... He says, let's see here. He says, according to this, there's, there's so many more great characters to bring in and just more stories to tell. Nothing would bring me more happiness than getting another shot with his characters and to tell more stories. We'd love to do more with the Sonic Cinematic Universe. In other words, that kind of tells me he wants to do more. In other words, the door is open to do more. If you know what I mean. You know, he mentions Amy, he mentions Blaze and Shadow and everything. And alter alternate versions of Sonic to consider, which is good. Um, you know, so he basically it does kind of confirm. And again, I saw this on online. Matter of fact, let me, let me get my phone so I can get an easier shot at that, because I think my phone will be less, you know, stressful on the computer to look up if you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, he's basically gone on record and said he wants to add more characters um, to the movie franchise in the future. He wants to do more with them. You know, he wants to. Well, not more with them, but he wants to involve more characters, not just from the games, but from outside the games, like comics and cartoons. Like I, you know, and, and I and I did the video where I basically said, well, I basically said, you know, where I asked the question, who's next? You know, after Knuckles and Tails. You know, like who's next on the table? Who could be, um, you know, next, if you will, to to uh, be seen. Um, you know, in in a, in a movie and all that, it's like, you know, who could be, you know, who could be next? You know what I'm saying? And I mentioned the fact that we could see a, like, I basically said the most likely scenario is we could probably, probably see, let me see. I know it's here somewhere. That we could probably see uh, more than likely, you know, characters like Amy and Shadow and Rouge in the third movie, which would open the fourth movie up for whatever they wanted to bring in. So I know it's here somewhere. Is that it? Oh, here we go. Right here, this is this is the uh, article they brought up. So we're going to bring this up right now. We'll bring this up right now. Hold on, hold on. We're going to bring this up right now, and this is from uh, the Sally for All uh, Twitter page. It says, echoing um, at Ralph Asal, it looks like Jeff uh, Fowler, not Flower, but Jeff Fowler, uh, hinted. In a Collide article that the Sonic movie series is expanding beyond the game, which is the direction to steer a film franchise in. This means Sally and the Freedom Fighters appearing in sequel slash spinoff is, and they capitalized is, on the table. And I think they brought up the, the interview right here. Let me try to read that. Try to read that interview. And, okay, this is from the Collider interview, and this is what he says, and I quote, this is Jeff Fowler. And he says this, and I quote, I will say that one of my favorite experiences from the first film is being in theaters and sort of sneaking in at the end of a screening for Tales to show up and just seeing the reaction in the crowd. People and kids just absolutely losing their minds and yelling at the screen. So how can you not want to continually tease new additions to the world, to the Sonic movie world? And I've got a list of favorites that's a mile long. So it's great to have 30 years of Sonic games and comics and animated series and all that material to sort of pull from in order to build the world out. There's just so much opportunity to tell more stories and bring in more characters. Kind of like what I read there just now. And what that tells me right now, ne- what that tells me right there is we don't know what the, you know, the end credit or one of the end credits is going to be at the end of Sonic 2. But a lot of people have speculated and theorized, you know, the fact, and even I've said this, that if Sally shows up, that if we maybe see, you know, Tails communicating with somebody and then we hear like a female voice, but we don't know who it is just yet. And then all of a sudden we see this silhouette stand up and it looks very familiar. And then suddenly that silhouette steps out of the shadows and it's Sally. I, I, like I said on a previous video, video I did. The roof would figuratively be blown off that theater. That that is no joke. It'll be blown off, not just by longtime fans that have been warning that moment to happen and seeing it happen, but by fans that you know theorize, oh, it's not going to happen. And all of a sudden, it does. So that's what he's getting at. That we could see things like that. But if again, as I said before, if I'm being a realist, if I'm being a realist here, I. You know, I see Amy and Shadow and Rouge as being the next ones going into the third film. And then the third film setting up potentially a fourth and final film, which could involve the Freedom Fighters. It would make more sense to kind of build towards that moment. It really could. It'd make more sense. But we'll see what the second movie does, how well it does. But based off how people like myself feel about the trailer... Yeah, I think we're going to have another hit on our hands. There's no doubt about that. We will have another hit on our hands. But the question obviously, but now the question is, will any of what Jeff wants to do, you know, will it become, um, you know, a reality? And I'm just checking something there. Okay, just want to make sure the the mic is positioned uh, correctly with me. Uh, on all that, as I I do all this here. Hold on for a sec, guys. I have to try to keep it organized and everything. Or at least sort of in a way I can, you know, get to. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, you know, it's, again, it's one of those situations where, you know, possibilities are opened up. And, you know, with him saying that, hey, I'm willing – I want to do more. I want more to come out of this. Again, one, it does depend on the movie, which again, I think is going to be a big hit. But you know, again, like I said, if I'm being real, I think it's going to be Amy Rouge and Shadow next. And then we're probably going to get, you know, for the fourth movie, the Freedom Fighters. Now they could also go the Blaze and Silver route for the fourth movie, too. There's no doubt. But we'll see what we'll see what happens. We'll see what they do. And again, you know, some people, you know, they're debunking the fact that oh, it's not going to happen. But if Jeff uh, Fowler is saying, "Hey, I want to go beyond the games. I want to bring in characters and elements outside of the game and other so- that's you know seen uh, in other Sonic lore, you know, other uh, spinoffs of Sonic." Then I think you know the opportunity is out there. He he even mentioned not just sequels but spinoffs. So you can't tell me that when Knuckles showing up, the the thought process isn't okay. Let's do a Knuckles the Echidna spinoff, you know, spinoff movie that is. Or, hmm, you know, we're going to be bringing in Shadow. Maybe we could do a Shadow spinoff movie. Just saying. And it also opens up the door for the fact that what you got, uh, not what you got, but with... (laughs) Hold on, let me get some coffee here. But it does open up the door that with, you know, Sonic... With Sonic Prime coming out next year, you know... The, the movies he's talking about, they don't have to be theatrical. They could be, you know, online, streaming, on-demand, DVD, 4K, Blu-ray releases, you know, and that would work too. And you could have him somewhat a part of the team when, you know, part of the teams of those movies and everything, not in the, you know, like not in the role he is right now behind the scenes, but sort of like a, I would say counseling mode, so sort of like a, you know, counselor or whatever, you know, to, to be there to make sure it has that kind of a similar flavor to what the movie, the theatrical films have. You know, I, I could see, you know, spin off movies, like I said, being, you know, directed video and all that, you know, 4K and everything. And I mean, I'm just adjusting a headset here. Hold on for a sec. Got a bit of an itch there. And, uh, get, let me, uh, Check everything here. All right. Just, just trying to make sure, guys, that you hear nothing gets messed up. <laughs> but like I said, you know, with, with him basically saying that, you know, he wants to do that, I could see potential spinoffs, like non-connective movies and all that, based on other Sonic lore um, happening as streaming movies, on-demand movies, You know, direct to video, DVD, Blu ray, 4K movies. I could see that happening. I could see it happening. And, you know, I wouldn't be against it. And I don't think anybody else would. You know, everybody wants the freedom fighters. I could see Sally and Bunny and all of them showing up in a movie that's a direct to video, direct to streaming uh, type film. Excuse me. And I think it would work. You know, I think honestly it would work. And I think people would be happy with it. I really do. But we'll have to see. What's interesting about you know Jeff saying this is when you look at Paramount plus because Paramount is behind the distributing the distributing of these films and theaters and you know basically also the studio behind the movies happening at all but when you when you think about Paramount plus which is you know their streaming service um, you have to look at some of the shows they got there and some of the shows they have on there Are Sonic shows, two the three of the biggest ones are Adventures, um, Underground, and Sonic's at AM. And if Paramount Plus is saying, "Hey, let's let's bring in these Sonic shows to be part of our streaming service," you know, right off the bat, then I think that definitely that kind of hints at the fact that maybe. And I was just my finger just hit the mic there. I do apologize. Just doing this, like I said earlier, I shaved. Uh, when I was showering, so I kind of have a little bit of an itch here and there. But, you know, like I said, if, you know, Paramount's like, hey, let's, you know, let's bring in these shows to be part of our initial launch at, you know, and them being the same overall studio business, if you will, that is distributing these movies, you know, that does kind of hint at maybe we might see more, but we'll have to see, you know, we will have to see uh, in the near future. And like I said, my finger hit the mic, so I do apologize. Uh, but anyway, we'll have to see in the near future. But yeah, you know, if, if, if Jeff Fowler is saying, hey, this is going to open up the door, you know, for, you know, possibilities that go beyond the game characters and the game elements, I think, you know, like anybody else, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So, you know, bring that on. Bring it on, you know, when the time comes. Bring it on. Um. um But as far as the movie itself goes, let's get into thoughts about it. There are some things I didn't mention uh, when I was doing the trailer. And I just wanted to break these down a little bit. One of them that we saw in the trailer was an image of what looks like to be the floating island, or at least the temple, the main temple of the floating island. It might be the floating island itself. But what's interesting is what a lot of people pointed out. And that is when Robotnik, you know, Jim Carrey's character Robotnik goes into this cavern to get the chaos emerald and going through all these different traps and all that obstacles that we see a lot of owl symbols. So the question obviously is, you know, is long claw alive? You know, we see all these owl symbols, which kind of gives us gives off the vibes that long claw, you know, was a guardian of the master emerald power or the chaos emerald's power. We could assume that we're going to assume she was a guardian, you know, in in this world of, of Sonic. We can assume that, but we don't know. We don't know if she was a guardian or not, but with the owl symbols and everything, it does give off that vibe that her kind was, you know, the guardians of the emerald in that world. But you might say to yourself, well, I thought the echidnas were. I thought the echidnas were the guardians and all that. And here's the thing. When it comes to the Archie books, and to an extent, the IDW books and any other lore, yeah, the the echid- like even the anime lore, the echidnas were the main guardians. There were no doubt about that's no doubt about that. That's per- that's undisputable, if you will. That's undisputable that they were the original that they were the guardians. There's no doubt. But for all we know, because remember when we saw when we saw a long call, Sonic was still a baby. So, you know, we don't know if, you know, one, if she's alive, a lot of people are assuming she is. Uh, Because one, why would you incorporate her as a playable character, unlockable playable character in the mobile games, you know, if she wasn't possibly. So we know that when we saw her, Sonic was young. And a lot of people are assuming that because Sonic and Knuckles have a similar power, you know, power stamina stamina, if you will, Knuckles more than Sonic, that you know, both of them were raised by Longclaw. Like Knuckles was probably found by Longclaw as a baby and was raised by him. Oh raised by her, I should say, was raised by her. And she felt okay, you have been, and she probably gave him the history. Like, you know, your your ancestors tried to steal this from me for your power for, for power and all that. But, you know, I was waiting for, you know, maybe she explains, maybe she explains the history to Knuckles of, you know, I was, I had a young, you know, um, you know, a young protege that I was going to train to be the guardian of this emerald, but I had to allow him to escape because your people were trying to take him for his power instead of using, you know, so they could use it for whatever they wanted instead of letting him use it for good or something like that, or instead of using it for good and maybe that's where knuckles coming in maybe she found him raised him taught him the right ways taught him how wrong his his people were and everything for what they did and um basically she uh found him to be the more um ba- basically she basically she found him to be you know ready to god the emerald and the rest is history you know for all we know for all we know so Again, a lot of people are making comparisons to the fact that we're going to have a similar kind of a Batman Superman kind of dynamic here, where there's a misunderstanding. But we know, based on the history, that Knuckles is always gets manipulated or tricked by Eggman into to doing things and fighting Sonic. So, you know, if this is, you know, some, if this is somewhat staying true to Sonic Three to an extent, and the other adaptations of it, then yeah, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be any different here as to what exactly the the outcome is. Because we do see in behind-the-scenes photos that have been put out there, we do see them standing side by side, that being Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles. So we know that they're going to be, you know, you know fighting alongside each other. It's just right now we need to get that, we need to get the fight between the two and the misunderstanding between the two um, out of the way because that's basically what, you know, the original um, story was based around you know, it was originally based around my finger just hit the mic there again. I do apologize. It's hitting the mic a lot today, isn't it? <laughs> the finger, that is. Um, but, yeah, that's that's basically the... But, basically, that's what the reason the, we got the fighting right going on right now. But, like I said, a lot of people point out the Owls thing, so they're assuming Longclaw could still be alive. So, you know, she could, you know, be in hiding. Maybe Robotnik captured her or something, and then um to kind of trick knuckles into thinking oh well this blue hedgehog came over here and stole your emerald, and he he kidnapped and killed your friend you know and, and maybe maybe that's what happened so we we'll see what hap- we'll see what they do but it's going to be really interesting how he really gets portrayed here and it looks like he's getting portrayed you know the way he should be where he's not going to trust sonic at first he's thinking he's the enemy thinking the Robotnik's is ally because of the lies Robotnik's telling him. So it'll be interesting to see how he's portrayed overall in the film. Um, but yeah, that that was one thing people pointed out. The other thing is we see this big old storm cloud, and we're wondering what it is. Obviously, it's powered by the Chaos Emerald, the Master Emerald. And everybody is assuming, based off this big old machine thing that we see throughout the trailer, blasting off all these rockets that Sonic entails, that that's the death egg. Oh, that's the movie equivalent of the death Egg, And I'm not going to be surprised if it isn't, you know, you do you look at the fact that it's very metal. It's very mechanic. Very, It's got a lot of metal on it. It's got, and you can kind of see like in one of the shots, it looks like it's going to have like a mustache in on one of the sides, similar to the game. So, so yeah, I could see uh, the death egg showing up here in this movie, but it won't be towards the end of the movie. And I could see it being a movie um, accurate. I wouldn't say movie accurate, but close to movie accurate version of the actual death Egg. I could see it. I really can. I can see it. Honestly, I, I really can. So, so yeah. Uh, overall, my overall looking at some of those things, and then of course you look at the the drones and everything he has there, and the fact that some of the drones are now in the shape of buzz bombers or at least, you know, uh, movie versions of them. I like that. I really like that. Um, you know, and, and everybody, one thing everybody on pretty sure, has been asking, even with the first movie, is why does he have a partner? Why does he have a lackey? That being, you know, Robotnik. Well, because here's the thing. Well, here's an answer to that. We know that in several incarnations of Sonic, he's always had some kind of lackey or lackeys to do his bidding. Or he could, could find in. You know, in Adventures, he had Scratch, Grounder, and Coconuts. We know that. We know that in Underground, he had Sleet and Dingo. We know that, you know, in Sonic X, he had those two or three robots, you know, Boku and Oba, whatever his name was, right? Those two robots. He had them. We know that in the games currently, he has Orbot and Cubot. We know that. As well as in the IDW comics and later on in the uh, other comics. He is Olbart and q uh, Those being the Archie comics, that is. And we also know, and this is why I think some of the inspiration comes for Stone being in this uh, position as a lackey, as a confidant, is Agent Stone is the movie equivalent of Snivelly. But more loyal. He's more Loyal than Snivelly. So he's the movie equivalent of Snivelly, but more loyal to Robotnik than, than let's say the um, second season Snivelly and the later on Archie comics version of Snivelly was in my opinion. That that's how I see it. So that too, right there with him being the lackey, the confident of confidant, if you will, of Jim Carrey's Robotnik. That to me spells uh, spells out inspiration from Satyam and the Archie comics um, as well. But overall, you know, but overall, what I've said before in the reaction video, and everything, um, I'll be honest. I, you know, I'm I'm sticking by on I'm sticking by those reactions and thoughts that I've done, you know, in other videos um, as well. Yeah, excuse me. I'm I'm sticking by by those. I'm sticking by those, if you will. As I check and everything to see exactly what what last what video I did last before I did anything else. See this area. Okay, that yeah, was the uh, yeah the uh, uh one of the videos where I asked like who's next was before the reaction. But yeah, I stick by the I stick by the um what I've said in a lot of these videos mainly about you know who I you know. Uh, of how I feel about it and everything. But, again, I just wanted to give more thoughts on the other things that showed up in this film. And uh, the question, obviously, is with guns showing up and some of the references to not just the first two, the, uh, not the, well, the original Sonic 2 and 3 games and Sonic and & Knuckle game, if you will, but the references to, like, Sonic Adventure and Adventure 2, and especially with gun being in the movie now. Uh, the question is will Shadow be next? And the again, this is where I, you know, in, in the video where I basically talked about or asked the question who's next, I said the most likely, even though we would love to see Sally be the next one to show up at the at the end of the movie in one of the end credits, in one of the after credit scenes, that the most likely I believe is going to be Amy, Shadow, and Ridge. Those are the ones I see that are next. But uh we'll see what they got. We'll see what they do. They may surprise us, they may curveball us. We don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, to me, to me though, it is most likely we're going to get shadow in the third film, if anything. So we'll, we'll see what they do. Um, but with that said, though, those are just my thoughts. My, the other thoughts I've had on the Sonic movie on some of the things I didn't touch upon. I didn't break down and do like, let's say 3C film does. Uh, or so black new comedy, Andre metals does, but I just wanted to give you my thoughts here live and let you know about it. So let me know what your thoughts are on the live chat. Uh, right now, if you want to go on that, but also give you my thoughts on Jeff Fowler, not Flower, but Jeff Fowler's uh, comments about the fact that he wants to expand uh, the Sonic movie franchise to be out, you know, from not just, you know, game characters and elements, but to outside of it. And the fact that it is a paramount movie, a paramount movie and original film production, and all that. I think, you know, and the fact that a lot of people have backed it up by saying that, hey, this has more freedom, more, you know, leniency than, let's say, a Sega, you know, uh, a Sega promoted thing, basically a Sega Japan promoted thing, that there's a good chance and everything of that happening. And the fact that the Sonic Exactus Speedia is now referencing SatAM, then it kind of tells you right there that, hey, there's probably a good chance we can see more things from outside of the game and other Sonic media show up. But we'll see. We shall see. All right. Next up, next topic we have here is the Ring of Honor's Ring of Honor Wrestling's future after Final Battle 2021 this past Saturday. Now, in case you guys are out on the loom, you guys being, if anybody's a wrestling fan out there, Ring of Honor has been around since early to mid-2002. Tw- uh, Basically, it debuted about a couple of months very Very slightly a couple of months before TNA, uh, now known as Impact, made its debut as NWA TNA. But yeah, Ring of Honor has been around for almost 20 years. Almost 20 years. And basically, basically, it came out in the past month or so, past few weeks, past couple months, if not the past month and a half, I should say, and made the announcement that they were going to go on hiatus after Final Battle, and that the reason for this hiatus is that is they have to do a restructuring, a reimagining of how they see Ring of Honor, uh, in you know, you know, going forward in the future, with plans to come back, you know, during WrestleMania weekend with Super Card of Honor in April of 2022. Now, a lot of people have. Pretty much looked at final battle and the way it was uh, shown uh, all four hours. The first hour on YouTube and Facebook and all that, and then the rest on pay per view and Fight TV and All the Club. They look at that and the way it was presented was it felt like it was a final show. It's like this is it. It was it wasn't just the end of an era as it was subtitled, but it was basically the end. You know, it was the end of the company period because. Not a lot of people know exactly what's up the road for Ring of Honor in the near future. Nobody does. You know, Brian Zane, who was at ringside, he came out with the rest of the locker room. Brian Zane of Wrestling with Regret. Um, He, you know, he doesn't know because he's been working for them for a while. He doesn't know uh, what's the future of Ring of Honor. You know, nobody does. Nobody knows what the future is but again they do have plans to come back in April of 2021 with Supercard of Honor now the preliminary plans basically from what people are being told or hearing is that Ring of Honor is not going to be you know as it was as it currently was that it's going to be the, possibly one of the restructurings for the company is it's going to be a very independent company in other words if it has contracts they're not going to be like long term contracts or anything like that they're going to basically be very short-term contracts. Like, let's say they want to put a championship on you, then you're going to be contracted to them as their champion until they take it off you. Off you, and then you can go and do whatever you want to do. Like, you could still wrestle elsewhere while you're the champion, but as long as you have the championship, you're contracted to be at certain shows. They need you to be at, and that's about it. Uh, that that's that's the uh, that's the feeling I'm getting from what I understand. But yeah, they're basically going back to being a more, you know, independent uh, promotion uh, than they than they were previously, and what that means is, you know, they could bring in anybody they want, and one card will not be like the other. In other words, the Super Card of Honor could be completely different than, let's say, their uh, summer shows that they do uh, during the summer. Like Super Card of Honor could have. All the current champions that won titles at final battle or kept titles at final battle show up, defend, maybe drop them. And then the following card, maybe the next month or two later, will be a completely different set of men and women competing in the ring that you've never seen before or you have seen but elsewhere. You know, and again, that's the kind of vibe I'm getting that, you know, when they say they're going to go back to being more independent potentially, you know, in the future. But we'll see what they do. We'll see what they really do. Some people are assuming that this is it for Ring of Honor, like you know, the like even though they're preliminary planning, this preliminary planning to come back in April, that this could be it anyway. Like that, those preliminary plans, you know, they could plant that they can continue planning all they want. That basically those could come to an end, and then the company's just done. You know, a lot of people make the comparison to ECW. A lot of people thought that after Guilty as charged 2001, ECW would still be okay. Like maybe it might take a hiatus or something like that and then come back. Same with WCW. WCW did greed. A lot of people thought after greed, they would take a hiatus, come back with the Big Bang. But in the end, all those companies went down the toilet. Or both those companies went down the toilet and that was it. There was no... There was no future whatsoever for them. There was no future whatsoever. So a lot of people are making strong comparisons to the fact that even though Ring of Honor and Sinclair they're they're making plans, preliminary plans to get back uh, on their feet with a restructuring or reimagining, you know, for Ring of Honor uh, uh, to return in April of 2022. A lot of people uh, are assuming, even those in Ring of Honor, even those in the wrestling business. You know, are assuming that this is it. This is it. This is, this is this is the end of Ring of Honor. Period. Even though they could have people like the new RH champion, uh, Jonathan Gresham. They can have the new RH champion tag champions in the Briscoes, twelve times champions now. You know, they can have the new uh, television champion, Rhett Titus. Um, they can have the new. They can have the current pure champion in Josh Woods. You know, even though people are coming out and saying all these men and women, you know, even Rock c that's R-O-K-C, you know, even though they're saying that, you know, even though, you know, a lot of them are champions and pretty much the assumption, if not legitimate assumption and belief is Ring of Honor is going to allow them to go and defend these titles elsewhere, especially with the fact that you have Deanna Parazzo coming out and confronting Rock c you know, after her match with Willow Nightingale and saying, Hey, I want to face you in a winner take all match after hard to kill, you know, after she proclaims, she's going to become a champion against Mickey James, you know, winner take all, which means all the belts, I guess on the line and C, you know, accepting, you know, that kind of gives you an idea that we're going to have the, that championship defended eventually, maybe in the new year after hard to kill on impact television, which means Rock C. Is impact bound for the knockouts division. You know, the same with the Briscoes. The Briscoes, they, after they won the belts, they called out any tag team to face them, lights went out, lights came back on. You you heard the music, and there they were. There was FTR. You know, you know, Dash, you know, Dash Hartwood and Cash Wheeler, and they fought, they brawled, and that basically gives off the vibe that the Briscoes are gonna come to AEW, defend the Ring of Honor tag titles there against FTR. And maybe put over FTR as being uh, the only uh, tag team to win a lot of cha- win all these championships in some of these major promotions from WWE, AAA, AEW, and now Ring of Honor. And hello to uh, Sir John. Sir John, how are you doing? Yeah, if you want to share the joke, go ahead. Let the uh, others in the audience. Um, you know coming in later as well as probably watching in the co- later after the live stream is over in the comment section to see it if you want to do that it's up to you just make sure it's not offensive uh but anyway anyway though um w- w- what's the word I'm looking for uh what was I going to say oh yeah Okay, that's a funny one. That's kind of funny. That's kind of funny. Cool. And I'm sure everybody else will get the joke too, but that's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Thank you for sharing. Uh, That's just, you know, just sharing that uh, little joke there. But anyway, like I said, you know, they could position it to where the Briscoes put over FTR and FTR becomes the only tag team to win WWE, Triple A, aew and ring of honor gold the only one that would be missing would be the impact titles but they don't have no aew doesn't have a partnership with impact right now but i'm guessing at the final battle that might be something that changes again but we'll see we'll see what they do um but yeah you know you have all these you have all these current champions if you will you know in you know um you know that were crowned that were crowned or retained at final battle that now have the opportunity to go elsewhere and defend their titles. So it's going to be really, really um, interesting to see what the future does hold for Ring of Honor Wrestling. Um, Again, to me, a a lot of people are saying that this, are are believing and assuming this is it. Like there is no um, opportunity for them to make a comeback and that they see vibes, you know, similar or, not vibes, but they see, you know, um, things you know, things very similar to what happened with WCW and even ECW. And you can't blame, you can't blame anybody, you know, as fans and those within our age, as well as, you know, inside people in the business feeling that way, because it does give off those kind of vibes. It does give off that kind of similar, very familiar feeling, but hopefully we're wrong. Hopefully we're we're wrong. And uh, things change. Hopefully things change um, in the future. And for the better, when it comes to Ring of Honor wrestling, and whatever they come back as uh, next year in April of 2022 for SuperCard of Honor, it's going to be interesting. You know, like a lot of people, like some of the preliminary plans coming out there from what people are saying and hearing, is they're going to be very independent. They're going to go back to the independent roots. In other words, you know, like I said, one card like SuperCard of Honor could be completely different from a card that you see a month or two later uh, in the late spring, early summer. And it could and, and basically, like I said, by being completely different, it could have a completely different roster of people. You know, maybe that's what we're, maybe that's what they're leaning towards. And honestly, I think the reason they want to do this is so that even if they have to do short-term contracts with people, mostly if they're the champ, if they decide, hey, we're gonna book you as the champion, you know, and here's a short-term contract you gotta to agree to if you're gonna be our champion. Mostly the reason I think they're doing this too is so that they can not only you know, start off, you know, re, you know, kind of refreshed and rebooted and all that, or softly rebooted, softly redcon. In, in this case. But by doing so, it'll help them kind of re rebuild themselves. That's kind of cool that you bought the NBA for PlayStation. And he's just telling me what he bought. Uh, but anyway. Oh. that's funny when he had to beat he had to um what well (laughs) you guys can read it in the live chat i've been i've enabled a live chat replay so you guys can read that if you go and watch live right now but uh anyway like i said uh like i said basically um what was i trying to say oh yeah uh basically that it it, you know them the reason i think they're doing this is so that not only can they start off refreshed and rebooted or softly rebooted red Softly rebooted and all that. In this case, but I see them doing this so that way, as time goes on, they can also rebuild and have a better structuring, uh, a better structuring, um, if you will, of you know what you know what their outlet wants to be in the future. Like you know, once they you know you know get back to that position of okay, we're financially stable, we got things back in order, that you know they'll be able to move forward again and be you know what they were you know previously if not a lot better. That's why I think they're doing this restructuring and why you know some of this you know some of the preliminary plans according to what people are saying is they're gonna go kind of back to their original roots, start very independent like, you know, do short term contracts, especially those that are going to be champions, and then go from there to like I said, well one car potentially is going to be different than the other and that's mostly by roster and people involved so i could see that being you know what they're i could see basically being that being i should say the reason that they're going this route so that when they get so when they figure out kind of you know where they want to be they'll be able to move forward and be better than what they were before so that's what i so hopefully that's what hopefully that's what they're going with this um in the future hopefully that's what they're going with this in the future But we'll, we'll see what they do. We'll see what happens. But, you know, again, some people are speculating that the future is not going to be a bright one, that this is it. But if what people are saying is going to be, is going to be believed, then, like I said, the preliminary idea is for them to go back to the roots, be very independent, a very independent promotion. And then I think kind of build themselves back up to where once they have that right focus of, OK, this is where we want to go with it then they'll be you know, off to the races and kind of be back to trying to be the ring of honor that they were in the past, but a lot better. Basically learn from the lessons, if you will. But we'll see what occurs. Hopefully it's not another WCW or ECW situation. All right, third topic on the table here, third topic is My Little Pony and Equestria Girls specials leaving Netflix on New Year's Day, on New Year's Eve, I should say, New Year's Eve. So... In case you guys are wondering which those are, and I've talked about this already, uh, the specials that are leaving uh, Netflix on New Year's Eve, or at least the last day is uh, New Year's Eve on Netflix, the specials that are leaving are Best Gift Ever, Forgotten Friendship, and I believe Rollercoaster of Friendship. Now, these are very good specials in a sense, uh, in a sense, I should say. Rollercoaster of friendship uh, basically evolves around uh, Applejack and Rarity's friendship, you know, and how close they are with each other, you know, and how something can get between them. It also kind of implied as far as Equestria girls that their their friendship is probably the only main, um, well, besides Lyra and Bon Bon, uh, as well as some other ones that they've hinted at, you know, as well. That their friendship is the only one, you know, main seven wise or humane seven wise, as they call it, uh, that's LGBTQ. Like, in other words, their friendship is a lot more significant than just an ordinary, you know, BFF deal. So that's why, you know, world calls their friendship is, you know, looked upon very fondly. And then forgotten friendship is, you know, looked at as being very significant because you do get an applicable, an applicable applicable easy for me to say applicable uh, amount of time with sunset going back to Equestria prime as I call it you know and being a pony again reuniting with you know Celestia you know and everything kind of putting the past behind them so you get a significant amount of time with her there and then of course best gift best gift ever is as far as we know the final heartwarming slash Christmas Eve uh, story that the, uh, Christmas story I should say, that they did and it's basically focused around the the characters the main six um if you will doing a secret santa or main seven if you will doing a secret santa which is a, which applejack calls a heart swimming helper and it's very cute and very adorable uh because it focuses on all these different you know aspects of how the ponies are trying to get each other presents and all that for their secret pony and of course who are any spy conspiracy Spike and Rarity fans like myself, the you know, the ending is, you know, the ending is kind of cute and everything, and kind of basically, kind of basically, um, signifies the fact that you know Sparity is kind of semi-officialized, uh, you know, at the end of that, if you catch my drift, um, especially with Spike's song to Rarity. So yeah, these uh, these special, basically though are scheduled to leave Netflix on New Year's Eve. Now, um, here's the thing. There are some people that are not happy about this. You know, they don't want them to see see them leave Netflix because, you know, they don't know where they're going to end up. You know, you know my, my speculation is because of the fact that NBC promoted with Hasbro their new generation line of MLP, that Peacock might be the destination for some of these in the future because that's where the movie is right now, the 2017 movie is. So I would assume that's what they're going to end up in the near future or they're going to end up on Hulu with, you know, season nine of the series. So we'll see what happens. But I don't I don't think, like I said before, I don't think they're going to be gone for long. I think they might show back up a lot sooner uh, than later. I really do. I think, um, you know, honestly, roller co- I, I, like I said, I think for roller friendship, I could see in the spring forgotten in the summer. And then, of course, Best Gift Ever at Christmas. I can see them making a return. I think they just want to get them out of there right now so they can make room for other stuff and everything as well as work out some new deals of how they're going to present them. Because I think with Best Gift Ever, having that there year-round, that kind of is like, uh, why would you have a Christmas special year-round? I don't get it. (laughs) You know, It's kind of like with Christmas Chronicles. Why have that movie year-round? You know what I'm saying? So... I think I think we're gonna see them come back. It's just gonna be more sporadically like more on a more on a quarterly basis, yearly, you know, like maybe you know be there every, you know, be there for maybe four months and then disappear again. who knows? But yeah, the apparently they're leaving Netflix and you know, like I said, some fans are a little disappointed by that, but some are you know okay with it because some fans you know figure, hey, I got it on DVD. I got it on um, on my computer, you know. I got it on uh, my external drive, or I've captured it, stuff like that. So they're cool with it. They're cool with them kind of leaving right at the moment because they already have ways of watching it. So it'll be um, it'll be interesting to see exactly what the future holds for them for those specials. But like I said, excuse me. But like I said. I truly think these specials are probably going to make a return, you know, on Netflix, but, you know, in a different way, especially as we get close to, you know, uh, the G5 series and it's numerous specials coming out um, next year. I think that's when you're going to see a lot of these, spe- these three specials, if not more show up as well. So you can definitely have Netflix get behind, you know, the whole pony uh Train, if you will, and say, "Hey, we're backing them up to the extreme by bringing these back." So I think that's another reason too uh, that we're seeing them leave, so that way they can give them time away and then bring them back when the time is right. Like when they do the G5 Christmas heartswarming Special that they have planned, then I could see them bringing back Best Gift Ever to coincide with that, and then some of the other stuff as well uh, in the you know in in 2022. I could see them uh, showing up. Um, down the line, I really could, but yeah, they are leaving Netflix. And again, I think they will be back, but then again, they could end up somewhere else. But we'll see what they do. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, you know, let me give me your thoughts on that. Um, again, I don't think they're going to be gone from Netflix forever. But if they are going someplace else, like I said, I think the most likely because the movies there and everything. We saw the promotional stuff with NBC doing the doing the. Rockefeller Square's Christmas light, Christmas Tree Lighting and Thanksgiving, I think we're probably going to probably, there's a good chance, I should say, they might go to Peacock. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, next up, number four, our fourth topic here. Our fourth topic, Hasbro Comics going from IDW to Image Comics, Skybound Label. Could the TMNT and Sonic Comics be next? Now, I've talked about this briefly, but more detail has come out that it seems Hasbro, uh, according to Clownfish TV and others, is not too thrilled with what's going on with IDW and their, and their publishing of the comics based on the licenses. So it looks like that they are going to be pulling, if not already in the process of pulling the license from IDW and shopping it around to other publications. And the number one publication or company that seems to be in the running to get them is Image Comics, but mostly for the Skybound uh, label. Because just like with other comic book publishers out there, they have different divisions, labels, underneath them, if you will. It's not just always Marvel or DC. It could be, you know, um, could be a Wild Storm. It could be Star. It could be whatever. You know, but there's still, you know, they're still under the Marvel or or DC, you know, banner, but the you know being published under a different label. If you catch my drift, kind of like let's say, kind of like let's say, uh, Blue Sky Studios and 20th Century Studios. They're Disney companies, but they could still distribute movies, you know, under those labels, those divisions. And that's basically what's being going on here. It looks like Hasbro, the leading contender to buy the licensing rights, uh, publishing licensing rights, comic book wise. For the Hasbro comics is the Skybound label of uh, of Image Comics. Now Skybound is mostly known for the Walking Dead comics and a few o- and several others. And it looks like um, Transformers, GI Joe, Gem, My Little Pony. You know, they, it looks like they could all be Image slash, Image Comics Skybound La- Skybound comics uh, bound. It looks like they could be Skybound. Uh, they could be skybound um, bound if you will you know under the image comics um, roof of the house if you will in other words they could be moving from the IDW apart from the IDW um, home to to living under the image comics home if you know what I mean or transferring from the fraternities in the dome in the uh uh what what's the uh, word I'm looking for not domes um uh, uh, what, what's the call? Uh, I can't even think of the word right now. Uh, co- uh, the college um, uh, what what are those those apartment-like things are known? Uh, the drones or whatever they are? Uh, the college apartments, if you will. It's like they're going from the college apartments transferring there to the college apartments of somewhere else. That's what it is. Then, you know, that's what it is. But anyway, anyway, it's like basically they're moving from one home to another, one location to another. Uh, and Image Comics, mostly for the I- Skybound label, is in the f- front running to potentially get them. And if that's the case, will they be rebooted again? Will they be darker? Will they be the same as we see in IDW? It's hard to say. I mean, Hasbro has not been according to some reports, has not been happy with them, especially, let's say, with their crossovers, with other, uh, I guess, licensed products, or licensed, um, you know, characters that are not Hasbro-wise. Uh, I guess they weren't happy with them with the Revolution uh, story. You know, I don't really know. So we'll see what happens um, as time goes on. But it looks like ha- the Hasbro comics are heading towards... Are heading, are moving out of the IDW dorms, dorms. That's what it is, dorms, the IDW dorms, and into the dorms of the Image Comics um, facilities. If you know what I mean, mostly the Skybound uh, apartments, the Skybound dorms, um, if you will. You know that that's where they're heading. You know, and you know that that you know that's where they're heading to from the Skybound from the Image dorms. I mean, from the IDW dorms to this Image Comics, to Image Comics uh, University in the skybound dorms. That, that's where they're, they're heading in. Hello, Crystal Star Productions. Yeah, and if you're looking for season nine of it, it's on Hulu. <laughs> uh, she's telling me that season nine is yet to be on Netflix. Well, it's on Hulu right now. That's the thing. Uh, but anyway, getting back on topic, that's what seems to be happening. And again, we don't know if they're going to be rebooted Probably more than likely, are they going to be darker, grittier, lighter? Um, are they going to remain the same way as they are under the as they were, or as they are and slash were the IDW license? You know who knows. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see exactly you know what the directive is. You know, once they move from IDW to Image and mostly under the Image Skybound label. But now the question obviously is is the TMNT comics and Sonic Next. Now, like I said in a previous video, I don't think we have to worry about these just yet. I mean, even Clownfish TV, uh, Neon, who's mostly the comic book, um, (laughs) I wouldn't say guru, but the comic book, um, you know, the comic book uh, speaker, if you will, uh, of the channel, because he's worked in, he's actually worked for IDW. He's done work for them and everything. He's known people over there. So he has a foot. He's had a foot in the industry, uh, according to him. You know, if IDW loses the TMNT license, then yeah, that's a tall tale sign that they're pretty much done. You know, he even feels that IDW won't be around in the next couple of years, and that might be the case. We don't know. That might be the case. We we don't we don't really. So I'm trying to get some get the mouse activated there okay but yeah we we don't really know we don't know what the the future is going to hold or anything uh for idw comics i mean one of the things that i got from it's frank frank Kill is this is this game this a board game you can see it in the package opening video i did recently and it's released and distributed by idw they're trying to dip themselves into different medias if you will uh, to do you know, to generate revenue, to generate financial revenue, but according to sources, you know that everybody's reading and you know reading off of and everything, whether you believe them or you don't. Uh, despite their best efforts, the financialness is, you know the, you know the generating, you know the generating, if you will, uh, of these other financial revenues is is not you know, it's not really. You know, helping them out in any short term or manner, if you catch my drift. And yes, just in case you're curious, uh, um, what is it? Taki Darth Hammer. Uh, yes, Ian Flynn is still writing Sonic. He's writing DIDW Sonic and he's writing for Sonic Frontiers. He wrote the story basically for Sonic Frontiers. Um, so yeah, he did that. I didn't even know about that until I read this. Uh, people reading off the synopsis and giving out more information. But getting back on topic here. And he does, and this does kind of concern him. So, you know, to an extent, because uh, basically, you know, basically, like I said, IDW is doing everything they can to gain financial revenue. But according to what I, uh, Neon has talked about, because again, he worked for them, and he's re, you know, and he knew people there, and he's going off sources close to the situation. You know, IDW has been hemorrhaging. Has hemorrh- been hemorrhaging uh, money? So by hemorrhaging money, they've basically been, you know, uh, hurting themselves. Okay, no problem, uh, Crystal Star. You know, she was just telling me something. She said she knew it was on Hulu. She's saying it feels, you know, uh, awkward and out of place. And say, get a season of LP on Netflix, but no season nine. Yeah, I know. It did feel awkward to a lot of us when that happened. But it's all about, you know, mostly licensing and who's paying out the most, if you know what I mean. But, again, getting back on topic, um, like I said, getting back on topic, um, what was I? Oh, yeah. You know, Neon was saying that they've been hemorrhaging money. So by doing all these other, you know, by basically putting their feet in all these other uh, avenue revenue uh, avenues, if you will, of media, in these other avenues of media, that they're trying to financially garner some revenue to keep them afloat. But he feels that that's not enough, and that sooner or later it's going to catch up to them, and they're going to be pretty much, you know, done by maybe 2023 at most. You know, he didn't say 2023, but he basically said within the next few years he could see them basically being. You know, basically being out the door, and that was—I uh, mean—that was just uh, a message I got from Frank. Kill. <laughs> speak his name, and he shows up. You know, speak his name, and he shows up. You know, and he shows up, and he did it again. Uh, but yeah, if you hear any uh do doo-doo, that's just the message thing going off and everything. Uh, but anyway, like I said. Uh, but anyway, like I said, Joe. And you know, he's just again, he's sending some messages. I do apologize, uh, but anyway, uh, like I said, um, basically, he feels they're not going to be around in the next couple of years. He didn't, like I say, didn't specifically say what year. But when he, when someone says, "Hey, I don't think this place is going to be around," or "This company is going to be around in the next several years," you know, you're looking at someone coming out and saying you know, not specifically a date, but you kind of get an idea of them saying, yeah, I don't see them being around by 2023 or 2024. And that's what he's looking at possibly. Again, he worked for them. He, you know, had people that worked, you know, where he worked with. He saw the kind of the problems there at times, like, you know, you know, he would get paid, but not in the way and manner he was hoping, you know, like on time or anything, but he would still get paid, but he would see some of the things going on there. So, yeah, um, he feels basically that right now they're they're doing what they can they're doing anything possible to try to keep themselves afloat, but that sooner or later it's gonna catch up with them and they're gonna be gone. Now the question is who they who probably buys them out and absorbs them into the company is another thing. My honest opinion, I think Archie's gonna be the one that does it. And some people might say that's that's not gonna work because Archie's kind of in the same boat, aren't they? Archie's in a much better position, honestly, Archie Comics is in a much better position, a much better place financially than IDW is, according to anybody you might ask. So I would assume that if they do get absorbed, it won't be by Marvel, it won't be by DC, it won't be by Image, it'll be by Archie. That That's my assumption. I could be wrong. But, you know, that's why, that's why I think we'll be buying them out if... You know, if what Neon and others are speculating and theorizing could be a reality. But yeah, basically, because of this, you know, the speculation, you know, this belief, if you will, theorize th- these theories, you know, they feel that IDW is not going to be around for much longer. And with them losing the Hasbro license from, I, you know, to, to Image Comics, mostly for Image Comics' Skybound label, you know that's that's basically like a punch in the gut. That's like a, that's not like the nail in the coffin, but that's like a massive punch to the gut to the point that ooh, you know, it's like whenever you get kicked in the gut, or if you're a man, you get kicked in the unawares, You, know you kind of it doubles you down. It causes you to wither in pain. It causes you to lose breath a little bit, especially if that punch is really hard or that kick's really hard. You know. It's basically like that. It's like a kick in the you-know-what or a solid, you know, take the wind out of you, you know, punch to the gut. And, you know, again, it's not a nail in the coffin or anything for IDW, but it's mostly at that point to where if they don't do something to get themselves back on top or back into a stable position financially, you know, what people are speculating and theorizing potentially could happen. And that potentially could happen. As I said in one video, if they lose some of these other licenses. And like I said in that one video, I don't think we have to worry just yet. But if IDW was to lose the TMT license, mostly the Nickelodeon licenses for comics, not just TMNT, but the Loud House, uh, SpongeBob, and a few others, you know, or many others, I should say, Danny Phantom, I think. If they lose, you know, uh, Legend of Korra, I think Avatar, you know, if they lose those, Along with the TMNT license, then yeah, that will be not just a punch to the gut again that will you lose your breath or kick to the you know you know what's that doubles you down in pain. That but that'll be like a you know a a stab and you know a stab in the chest, not enough to you know kill you, but enough to basically send you to the hospital and have you remain basically in the hospital for a couple of days to heal up properly before they let you go. That's what it'll be like. It'll be like a stab to the chest, or stab to the, you know to the chest or whatever. Not fatally, but enough to put you in the hospital for maybe a week, maybe a month, to in, before you will let out. That's what it'll be like if they lose the TMT license. And then if they lose the TMNT license, then as I said in the other video, that's why I would worry about losing the Sonic license because you know, if Sega, Sega of America, Sega of Japan, mostly Sega of America, I think. You know, I think and believe all the ones behind this as well. But you know, or behind the partnership with IDW, if I'm Sega, of, you know, if I'm Sega overall, and I and I'm seeing this, I was like, okay, I, I don't have to worry or anything. They still have the TMT licenses and all these other licenses, they're fine. But if I see them suddenly lose, or I start suddenly hear, or I start suddenly hearing, you know, uh, rumblings of hey, they might lose the Nickelodeon licenses, most of the TMNT license, if I'm Sega, I'm like, man, what do I do now? If they're going to lose them, you know, who, wh- you know I, basically I'd be considering, okay, uh, basically I'd be reconsidering my options. Like, should I stay here or should I go elsewhere? Like I said in the other video, you know, if they lose the TMNT license, that will be, along with the Nickelodeon other Nickelodeon licenses, that will be a wake-up call. That will be a wake up call. Okay, they lost, you know, not only the Disney licenses, they lost not only the Hasbro licenses, but now they've lost the Nickelodeon licenses as well as the T M T license. Most of all, why am I even here? Why should I be part of this? You know, I'm going to get out of here before they, before the whole freaking building comes down, before we get before this company gets a nail and, you know, a fatal nail to the chest and a nail on the coffin, or that final nail on the coffin. That's what I would do if I. That's what I would do if I'm Sega. Then if I start seeing that happen, if I start seeing the TMT license be, you know, rumblings about it going somewhere else, along with the other Nickelodeon licenses, you know, then if I'm if I'm those at Sega that are responsible for making this happen, I'm like, okay, I need to go elsewhere. I need to cons- reconsider on my options because I'm not going to be here when the final nail on IGW's coffin gets, you know, s- you know, sealed shut or nailed down shut. I'm not going to be here when that final stab to the heart, you know, takes him, takes him to the comics heaven, to the comics heavens above. If you, all to comic book heaven, you know, above. I'm not going to be here for that. I want to be, I want to survive. I want, I want to still make money off the comic book stories of this, of, of, of my, of my main mascot. And, you know, the thing is, you know, IDW has to hope none of this happens. Has to hope none of this happens because, you know, if it does, if the next person that comes out and or the next company that comes out that's licensing their properties for comic book publication through them says, hey, we want to go elsewhere and that being Nickelodeon, like I said, and it involves TMNT, then yeah, you know, then yeah, if I'm Sega, I basically throw it up and be like, okay, where else do I go? I'm going to look elsewhere because I'm not going to be here when this Titan when this, Titanic ship, if you will, of a comic book company, publishing company, comes crashing, comes, you know, sinking down into the ocean. And I say that with all due respect, no offense. But basically, that's what it is. You know, it, it's like that term some people have used uh, used when it comes to reporting this kind of stuff. It's like people are on a sinking ship. They're on a Titanic that's heading towards an iceberg and there's no getting away from it. And hopefully that doesn't happen, though. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But could TMNT and Sonic be next? Yeah, there's a good possibility they are. But like I said and earlier, and I said in a previous video, I don't think we have to worry too much about that right now because, you know, again, like Neon said, you know, like Neon said, if they lose, you know, if they lose the TMNT series, licenses, they lose that. then that's what, and that is definitely, you know, a red flag of concern. That's a red flag. You got to put up and be like, okay, maybe we need to start looking elsewhere and whoever they go to will be probably either a saving grace or it may, or it may not be. Who knows, but it's up to them. It's going to be up to them uh, in the future that being IDW, whether or not they lose these licenses Along with the ones they're losing already um, to somebody else, it's up to them. And again, if it does get to that point to where they'll probably have to sell off the company, I believe Archie Comics is going to be the one that buys them out. I believe they'll be the ones that buy them out because one, it gives them more content to have under their light, under have under their roof, as well as maybe it opens up the door for the TMNT license and for the Nickelodeon licenses, and even for Sonic can come back to to Archie. Well at least TMT and Sonic would be coming back to Archie, but for the Nickelodeon licenses to find a new home under Archie as well. So that potentially could be you know what the future holds for them. You know, but it's up to IDW whether or not they want to stay afloat or they want to sink. Because you know them losing Transformers, GI Joe, potentially Jim and My Little Pony and Micronauts and ROM and all of them to to image comics and image comics is skybound label, you know, you know, for them to lose that, that is, like I said, a kick in the, you know, what's in a major punch to the gut that wins you, you know, that is, you know, that does hurt. That does hurt in a big way, but, if, but not in a way to where you have to worry just yet, because again, if they lose the TMNT and the Nickelodeon licenses, that'll be like a stab right to the chest or right to the, right to the gut to where you're hospitalized for the next month or so before they let you go. And you don't want that. You don't want that. So right now, like I said in the previous video, I don't think they have to worry about anything. But if I'm IDW and I want to make sure history doesn't repeat itself for a third time and possibly a third to majorly fatal time, then I basically do what I can to rectify the issues. I do what I can to make sure I don't go through that again. That's what I do. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, right now it looks like Image Comics, mostly for the Skybound label, is the leading candidate to purchase the publishing licenses uh, comic book wise for the Hasbro Comics to be part of, to move from IDW over to them. That's what it looks like right now. Yeah, that is true, uh, Crystal Star, that if they do, that if if Archie was to be the ones to buy out IDW, if that potentially happens, and I talked about this before, I think, in the last video, they could end up bringing back the Freedom Fighters. That's like, they could look at where they stopped and be like, okay, let's just resume, end the story. And they can find a way to incorporate Tangle and Whisper into that world as well. They could. There's no doubt about it. But yeah, that's what's going on right there. And hopefully IDW can get themselves, you know, out of the situation they are right now, according to several reports out there. And, you know, hopefully 2022 will start off better than the way 2021 and the past couple of years have been, um, you know, been, you know, treating them, you know, financially and all that. So, you you know, so IDW, you know, hope you get better in the future. All right. Number five. Number five: Where do the ROH Star Ring of Honor stars go from here after Final Battle 2021? Well, I kind of talked about this in the second topic where I discussed the future of, uh, you know, Ring of Honor and what's going to happen to it, you know, down the line. I think that was the second one. Yeah, it was uh, down the line. But now the question is, where do a lot of these stars end up? Well, based off what we saw on, at Final Battle, we kind of gotten we kind of got, excuse me, there we kind of got an idea of exactly um, where some of these men and women may end up. We know Jay Lethal is already an AEW guy. You no, know, he wasn't originally going to be. Jay Lethal basically said he was not going to be at Final Battle because he was now part of all elite. But because Bandito had to pull out because he tested a second time for COVID and had to vacate the Ring of Honor title, you know, Tony Khan set it up to where it's like, okay, what better way for this era, this chapter of Ring of Honor to go out than with, you know, basically two guys that were part of the most, one of the more successful factions you've had in the Foundation, you know, battling out for the vacant world title. So, there you go. Um, but anyway, what does the future hold for these people? Well, like I said, I think we kind of got a clue as to what's going to happen. A lot of people are assuming that Jonathan, Gr- Jonathan Gresham, Jonathan Gresham, who is the new and for right now, final ring of honor champion of the current era. You know, uh, a lot of people are assuming he's all leap bound. And he probably is. I think he's going to be all leap bound. And I think one of the things ring of honor is going to allow them to do. Mostly Sinclair is going to allow him to do because Tony Khan went out of this way to help out, which he didn't have to, I think what they're going to do is they're going to allow the Ring of Honor Champions they currently have uh, to defend the titles. I think they're going to let them defend the championships on AEW television at independent shows. And then if they do end up dropping them, if they do end up dropping them, then that person they drop to, uh, let's say that person is still champion by the time the relaunch or the software relaunch happens, potentially in April of next year, that person will be brought in to be to defend the title against whoever they the they're gonna defend against is my assumption but yeah a lot of people are thinking that jonathan gresham is a w bound and i do agree with that especially if you want to continue something with him and and Jay lethal i think that's a good potential place for him to go he might even go to mlw to defend it we'll see um the Briscoes, no doubt, are AEW-bound because they were backstage in an AEW event recently. And, you know, um, you know, with FTR showing up and everything here, it, it kind of tells me that they are going to be AEW-bound. My finger just hit the mic again. My finger's been hitting the mic a lot here in this live stream, hasn't it? <laughs> but, yeah, uh, the Briscoes definitely are going to be AEW-bound, and they're going to be defending the Ring of Honor titles there, maybe to either put over FTR or not. But I can see a uh, title for title match, Probably on AEW in correlation with not just Ring of Honor, but with AAA for both the AAA and the Ring of Honor tag team titles. I could see that. I could see that happening. So that'll be interesting uh, when it happens. But yeah, the Briscos are definitely AEW bound. Um, Roxy, that's R-O-K dash C, Rock dash C, Roxy. Um, I could see her being Impact bound because if you have Diana Perazzo, like I said earlier coming out and challenging her to win or take all after hard to kill next year, next, uh next month, I could see, I could see um a rock. I could see Roxy being a part of the Knockouts division and maybe as a way to maybe keep up her momentum and say, Hey, she is the future of not just our division now, but the future of all women's wrestling. I mean, she's what, like 19, 20 years old. She's got a long term ahead, long, long career ahead of her. If she chooses to you know chooses this profession as a living for quite some time. Um but I could see you know I could see Impact Wrestling putting all their eggs into the basket for for Rock C and her winning the knockouts title if Deanna Perrazzo beats Mickey James for the title and uh just got a delayed message from Microsoft Edge. One thing that Microsoft Edge and Google Chrome do is that they let you know when somebody's notified you and all that, and then they do it on the delay, if you will, well, Microsoft Edge does it anyway. But yeah, I could see uh, Rock Dash uh, C probably being given the Impact Knockouts title, along with the AAA Reina de Reinas Championship, and keeping the Ring of Honor title. And there you go. I think, I think uh, basically, like I said, I think Impact's gonna, she's gonna be a great addition to the Knockouts division. And if they did and again, she's got a lot of years ahead of her. She's like 20 years old, 19, 20 years old. You know, that that's a long career ahead. Again, like I said, she chooses to keep this profession up. That's a long career ahead of her. So I could see her I could see her basically, you know, becoming, you know, you know, an you know, an undisputed champion starting next year. I could see that. If like I say if Deanna goes over Mickey at hard to kill. I could see that happening. So Okay, so, so that that's something to look forward to if you are a Rock Dash C R O K C uh, fan. I could see that happening. Um, and again, it th- th- definitely proves that she's impact bound. Definitely proves she's impact bound, uh, and probably will be the future of that Knockout division the if they treat her right and they sign her to a decent contract. That's what, that, that's my honest my honest belief. Um, as far as Josh Woods goes. Josh Woods is the pure champion. He showed up. He made an appearance. I don't know if he won or lost, but he made an appearance on AEW Dark. So that definitely tells me Josh Woods is AEW bound, And I could see him bringing the pure championship over to AEW and maybe even rechristening it, the AEW pure championship, and kind of bringing that pure, unique, that kind of like that unique, pure style that Ring of Honor was known for when it came to the pure championship matches into Elite wrestling, thus helping to differentiate, you know, AEW more so than they are right now. Truly, make them more of an alternative than what they are now. So I could see him doing that. So I can, and thus I see Woods being, like I said, AEW bound. Uh, Red Titus. Red Titus is the television champion, and I could see Red Titus being Impact bound. I really could. I could see Red Titus. And I could see Tracy Williams being impact bound. See both of them being impact bound. And I could see him being impact bound as a tag team. And I could see Red Titus coming in as the Ring of Honor television champion. And maybe, just maybe, like Josh Woods, were christening it the Impact Television Championship. I could see that. I can honestly see that. But we'll see what happens. But I do believe either way, Rhett Titus and Tracy Williams are you know, impact bound. There's no doubt that, no doubt in my opinion. Um, who, who else do I see? Flip Gordon. Flip Gordon. I could definitely see being on the radar of WWE. Now I know you're thinking there's no way they're going to sign him. He's an independent guy. Really? You look, you take one look at his resume outside of wrestling and You don't think WWE will make an exception and be like, bring him into NXT? Because they will. They they'll see it that resume and they'll be like, Flip Gordon, come to WWE, come to NXT 2.0. We'll push you to the moon, all because he has that military background. Guarantee it. Guarantee. Well, I'm not going to guarantee it, but I would. But I'm. I am more. If I was to lean into a direction as to where he'll go. I'm leaning more towards WWE and NXT 2.0 than anywhere else. All because WWE is going to want that sweet publicity. They're going to want that, guaranteed. Now, who else? The allure, the allure. Angelina Love and Mandy Lauren. Mandy Lauren. I can see the allure being NWA bound. I can't. I know I haven't brought them up yet but that's what I think they're going to be. I think they'll be NWA bound. I mean they could go back I I could see Angelina going back to Impact and being Mandy Lauren with Leron, Mandy Lauren over with her. I could see that. Thus, it would give more uh tag teams to that Knockouts tag team division. But I I I don't think so. I think honestly excuse me now. I think honestly, the NWA bound. Well, they'll mostly be NWA bound, but I wouldn't be surprised if they cross over to Impact. But I can see them going to NWA to challenge the hex for the NWA women's tag team titles. That's what I see. That's what I see there. So I can see the lore going to the NWA and challenging for the NWA women's tag team titles. And, you know, here's the thing everybody, when the allure debuted, and I have it on DVD because I recorded this damn show. But when the Allure debuted at the Ring of Honor New Japan show in Madison Square Garden, the first thing that I remember uh, Rick Abani, Ian Rick saying and coming out and, and, and stating, if you will, you know, coming out saying and stating was the Allure wasn't what Ring of Honor was about. The Allure is not what the Ring of Honor Women's Division is about basically coming out and saying these women are divas. They are WWE-like divas that are not true wrestlers, even though they are, but are more about beauty and glamour and all that. So, and then, of course, you add in Mandy, Laurent, Laurent, Mandy in there, and it's like, you know, you had a, a recipe for something that was anti-Ring of Honor, that really was anti-Ring women of Ring of Honor, Women of Honor, um, You know, uh, basically, you. What's the one I'm trying to? You had a recipe for something that was a success, and it was in Ring of Honor as anti Ring of Honor women of honor uh, talent. So I could see them showing up in the NWA and being everything that the NWA and the NWA women's division is not about, and them getting massive heel heat for that. I could see that happening. I could see that happening. Now, could they end up in WWE? Oh, absolutely. Vince McMahon will see, will take one look at Manny Lorraine Lorraine, and Angelina Love and be like, you know what? I don't care if they're, you know, in the 30s or anything like that. I'll take them. It'll be based off the beauty. He'll take them, bring them into NXT, have the Allure be there, and then maybe quickly go like, okay, the Allure did their job. Uh, but Vince—they didn't win the women's—they ta- didn't win the NWA—they uh, didn't win the NXT women's tag titles. I don't care. Boom, oh, that Smackdown. Oh, the viewership will go up. Abba, abba, abba. <laughs> I know that was a, that was a dumb parody right there. But that's how a lot of people perceive Vince and Dunn and and Pritchard. Like, ooh, let them have time in NXT, but only a short time. Bring them up to the main roster afterwards. Ooh, <laughs> you know, all because of the looks. And I say that with all due respect. No offense. Uh, But, yeah, that's pretty much, you know, that pretty much could be what happens. That could be that destination, too. But more than likely, I see them being NWA-bound in the future and being mostly the top challengers for the NWA Women's Tag Team titles. Now, like I said, could they end up back in Impact? Mostly Angelina Love bringing Mandy with her? Oh, yeah. And they'd be top contenders right off the bat for the knockout tag team titles. I mean, imagine them against the Inspiration, formerly the Iconics. Woo! To quote Alex, that is not just a match of beauty. That is a match of the present versus the past. Or well, that's a is that just well, you get the idea. You catch one of the That's basically the battle of the two more uh, egocentric teams in wrestling. Like, who's more egocentric? Is it the inspiration or is it the allure? So I can see them, like I said, more than likely than WWE. I can see them being, N- I can see them being NWA and potentially impact bound. Um, who else? Willow Nightingale. I think she's going to be fine where she is right now. She's going to probably be more focused in um, MLW. I think she's going to be more of a focus of MLW's talent there. So I can see that. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Willow goes to NWA impact. Honestly. I could see Willow, Willow Nightingale, if Willow, you're watching this, and I'll put it to where you can find it. Um, I think Willow would do is gonna do great things in MLW, but I think honestly the neck is, you know, with Ring of Honor being on hiatus, I can see Willow Nightingale possibly being an impact. I could see her being an impact and doing good there. And imagine her challenging Jordan Grace for the digital media title. That would be something. That would be something. Uh, the OGK, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett and uh, Maria Canellis Those two or those three. Mm, mm, it's hard to decide. I, I mean, I could see them fitting in well in the tag team division of impact. I could see that. I could see them challenging the good brothers. And uh, that would be a great matchup. And I could see them on the first night winning the belt because, hey, you have Maria Canales in your corner. Storyline-wise, you could distract, you know, Carl or, you know, Doc Gallows with that. And the next thing you know, boom, new tag team champs. But to me, I think – and that was just another notification by, by someone. Dylan Farmer. Uh, but anyway, I could I could see them going to Impact and maybe in an open challenge beating the Good Brothers for the tag team titles. Um, I could also see them going to AEW, but I don't know how well they'll do in the tag team division. They might do good. I mean, you have Maria there, and she could add some something to the women's division, if you will. I mean, imagine a Maria Canellas Brandi Rhodes rivalry. That would be interesting, very interesting. But we'll see. To me, though, I'm leaning more. I'm probably leaning more towards, you know, the uh, the to I, honestly going to throw this out there. I'm, I'm going to go with the NWA again, just like the allure. I think the O.G.K. is going to be NWA bound because you met because them in the NWA for the tag titles there. Woo, again, them against the British Invasion. That's a good matchup. That's a good matchup, especially think about it this way: you have the British Invasion, that's Doug Williams and Nick Aldis. With Mickey James at the side, against the OGK with Maria. There you go, perfect. I can't think of a better, uh, a better place for them to end up. While Ring of Honor is on hiatus, um, and who else? Cheeseburger, cheese, world famous CB. I can see him being impact. I can see him being impact bound. See him being impact bound. I mean, I can see him in AEW because it'd be some AEW would be all four, but uh I could see Will Famous CB being impact bound. I can see him aligning himself with Willie Mack and Rich Swan. I can see that. Um maybe he'll go to MLW, but I think he's mostly going to be impact bound. Uh downhausen, Mr. Dan How- Um, I can't even, I can't do his voice or anything. I do apologize. I saw anything, but um, Dan Housen definitely looks like he's going to be AEW bound just based off the fact that he was on the cruise with Jericho and everything recently, so I could see him being AEW bound. He'd be a great addition. In aligning him with Abaddon, <laughs> whoa, talk about an odd, like, keep away from me couple. Perfect. Be perfect, in my opinion. Um, But yeah, uh Kent. Can't uh, really think of anything else. Uh, Violence Unlimited. I can see Violence Unlimited being together, and I can see them being part of new being a faction in New Japan Strong. And I can see them showing up maybe in Impact Wrestling. That's what I think. AEW would be great because Hammerstein's already been there, and maybe that's where they end up. But I think more than likely they'll be the. I'll put it this way: If I was to choose, I would say. Less likely right now, but still a strong possibility, AEW. More than likely is either Impact or NWA. That's what I see. So either Impact or NWA is where you're going to see Violence Unlimited show up. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. Um, Really, and uh, PCO, I don't know if he's going to be retiring soon, but uh, PCO, if he was to go anywhere, i say he's AEW-bound you know just for the novelty for him being there you know i could see that happening and uh really i i can't think of anybody else right now off the bat, right off the bat uh sledge i could see sledge being impact bound i could see that so uh the beer city bruisers or the bouncers oh man that's a big one uh, the bouncers i could see going to nwa i could see that because they got that old school feeling to them. Uh, I could see Tony Khan saying, Hey, I want this team in AEW. But uh, if anything, I'm going to go and say they are, they are, um, and I would say they're NWA bound because they have that old school feeling to them. So I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if they show up there. Uh, and really, that's all I could say. I mean, the others I could see finding work elsewhere. LSG, I think you'd be a perfect fit for, um, LSG, I think he'd be a perfect fit for for MLW. There's no doubt about that. And really, I can't think of anybody, can't think of anything else. Um, oh, The Righteous. Oh, that's a group. Think about that, The Righteous. Um, I could see The Righteous maybe going to, uh, whew, where would they go? Yeah, it was such a unique group in them. I could see the righteous showing up maybe in Impact Wrestling. I know it's not as ridiculous to say, but I could see them being Impact bound. And uh, the Shane Taylor promotions, I could see Shane Taylor promotions being NWA bound. I mean, I know people would say, go to, I, I know everybody would say they should all go to AEW, but come on, AEW's got a big enough roster right now. So to me, Shane Taylor prom- promotions, I think, would be NWA bound in my opinion. That's just my my thought. Now, unless AEW brings in trios towels, then yeah, I could see Shane Taylor promotions going there. But right now, I think more than likely the NWA bound. So we'll see what happens. Kenny King, I think he's going to go to AEW. There's no doubt about that. He's got that feeling to him. So I think he's AEW bound um, as well. So anyway, though, that's pretty much you know where I see some of these talents heading. Like, you know, basically, what are the where do they go from here? Well, that's why I think they're going to go after final battles. Those areas, those are who, who are I think some of these stars that I've mentioned are going to end up uh, at, based on what we saw in final battle, and based off potentially, you know, you know wh- where you could see them probably get more exposure and more work, if you will, more opportunity. And the last but not least topic here, we have have uh, here is, should reboots based on animes. Or, okay, let me read it. The last topic we have here is Should reboots based on certain animes and 80s cartoons be done by Netflix or any other streaming service? So, the reason I bring that up is because recently it was announced that the live action reboot of Cowboy Bebop was basically canceled after one season. Mostly because of the fact that nobody wanted it originally. And even though people based off the trailers were willing to give it a chance, once they saw it, yeah, it was pretty much downhill from there. Now, I haven't seen it yet. Um, and it did look good through the trailers. But honestly, you can't, you can't really do something like Cowboy Bebop without the right production. And it looked like they had the right financial uh, backing for it. But honestly, I think it was just meant – so, I think one of the headlines I think somebody used in the thumbnail for their video on it said that it was set up to fail. And if that's the case, why even do it? Why even do it if you're setting it up to fail? Now, of course, you have some people that worked on it, staff and all that, and even some of the actors and actresses coming out and calling out the fans and the social media for causing it to go downhill Here's the thing, and I think Neon and Geeky of Clownfish TV brought this up very well. Just because you get a job, you know, on a show, you know that, you know, are gonna uh, basically have a pilot. Well, not just a pilot, but if you're gonna get, a, if you're hired to, okay, let me let me rephrase this. What they said basically was, just because you get hired for one season, for initial season of a show, we thought it's a reboot of something original something in the past or it's an original show doesn't mean that that initial season is going to guarantee long-term work with this show doesn't mean you're going to get more seasons that initial season could mean that's it because it all depends on the reaction and obviously not a lot of people were you know thrilled with this live action adaptation of cowboy bebop they weren't and um honestly i don't blame them because here's the thing: when it comes to certain animes, you can't do a reboot. You can't do a live action or even animated reboot on it without, you know, you know pissing off a lot of fans. You can't unless you do it right, unless you do it properly that pays homage. Excuse me, that pays, pays homage to the original uh, vision. You know, you might change up something here and there, but as long as it pays homage to the... And that was another notification. That's the Microsoft Edge daily delay notification. Uh, but anyway, l- like I said, unless it pays homage to the original source material to in a, in a way to where even if you make a few changes here and there, nobody's going to like it. Nobody's going to like it whatsoever. The reason Voltron Legendary Defender succeeded... You know, when it got released by Netflix on, on um, you know, courtesy of DreamWorks, the reason it succeeded is it stayed true. It stayed true to what made Voltron what it was. It paid homage to it. Yeah, it changed some things up. It took a while for the princess to finally pilot the Blue Lion, but it paid homage to the original in a very huge way. Yeah, they changed Pidge over from a boy to a girl because pretty much, let's be honest, the original anime, dubbed or not dubbed, pretty much gave off the vibes that Pidge was a female, but was a male. So they went and said to DreamWorks, is like, oh, screw it. Let's just go all the way. Make, make Pidge female. And that's what they did. That's what they did. And Crystal Star Productions is telling me Cowboy Bebop was really bad. <laughs> yeah, based off what people are saying, it was. But like I said... The reason Legendary Defender succeeded is that it paid homage to the original. It didn't, you know. It, it changed some things. Yeah, like I said, it changed pitch from male to female because, like I said, the vibes of the original English dubbed anime and the uh, non-original Japanese uh, language anime, the uncut one, you know, show you know show pitch you know indicated pitch was male, but it made a lot of fans mistake that he could be female. So. You know, like I said, they just ran with it. They just said, screw it. Let's just make Pitch female and be done with it. Because the original design gave off those vibes. And then, like I said, even though it took a while for the uh, princess to pilot the blue lion, at least she did. And they built up to that moment. They built up to it. The thing is, Legendary Defender succeeded because it didn't, because even though it was a reboot, it paid a homage. It changed a few things, but not everything. And And crazy as it sounds, same thing with She or Princesses of Power. You know, even though people didn't like the way it was presented, the reason it succeeded and garnered a fan base is not because of, you know, the direction it was going in, not because of what Lauren Stevenson wanted it to be and all that, but mostly for the fact that at times it was paying tribute to the original, paying homage somewhat to the original source material to an extent. To an extent, not fully, but to an extent. That's what I was paying tribute to. You know, not like I said, not fully, but there were things in there that made people be like, yeah, I can get behind this, even though it's not what I thought it was going to be. I can kind of get behind this, you know, which is why it succeeded, much to the chagrin of a lot of people, like Clownfish TV and all that. But when it comes to doing live action takes on it, I mean, everybody's questioning Amazon already about them doing a live action reboot of *Shira Princess of Power. How is that going to play out? We don't know. But Amazon has a better reputation at doing live action, you know, uh, series based on, you know, uh, these kind of IPs or based on these kind of settings and worlds. So maybe it's going to be something good. Well, we don't know. Well, I just, well, we won't know until we get like the first image, or trailer, or teaser, or whatever, but again, again, you have, if you're going to do a reboot of any kind, a different alternate take, if you will, of any kind, you have to stay true to the original source material, you have to have some kind of, you know, homage, you have to have some kind of acknowledgement of where your version, your vision is coming from or was inspired from instead of just doing your own thing. And that's about it. I mean, why do you think Friendship is Magic succeeded? Yeah, it was its own thing, but it paid tribute in many ways to the original source material. A lot of the characters, mostly like the main six, are based off characters from the original G1 premise. Twilight Sparkle, based off the character Twilight. Applejack based off the character of Applejack. Pinkie Pie based off surprise. The list can go on. The the point is, if you're gonna do something, you need to make sure that even though it's your own vision, it has, you know, it, it 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 has an homage. It it shows that you got inspiration from the original source material so that people will be like, okay, at least. You know he's a fan of it. At least he, at least he or she is a fan of it, and they're paying attention to it, and they're putting this in there to you know let us know that, you know, to let us know that um, to an extent. But if you're going to go off and do your own thing and change things up, especially live action or animated, fans aren't going to like it. Fans aren't going to get behind it, even before it debuts. You know, it's like yeah, it's like yeah, the trailer might look good and everything the trailer might look great and make things sound like they're going to be and make things look very promising i should say but if you're going to but if the end result is something that is not what they expected if not what the trailer originally promised then yeah you're going to be up you know what creek without a paddle and that's pretty much and that's pretty much true it's pretty much true i mean Screw the fact that people were upset that Faye Valentine's live-action counterpart you know, costume-wise wasn't representative of the anime version. I get that. I understand why they did that. But if you're not going to make the Faye Valentine in live-action, personality-wise and everything, stay true or at least close to identicalness of the anime character, manga character that she's supposed to be based on, then why even have her character in there? If you're going to you know, make Edward the way she was, according to some people, compared to her anime or manga counterpart, and the same with Spike and all them, it's like, why even do it? Why even do it? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. If you're going to do it, at least have some acknowledgement of what you're rebooting, which it seemed like they did, but also make sure that you have enough knowledge and research on how to present the characters. Even if the actress portraying Faye probably wasn't fond of, oh, I don't want to be that way, you know, tell her, look, it's just for this season, and that's all you have to do. It's just for the series, and that's all you have to do. Or if not, just say, okay, fine. You don't want to be here. We'll get somebody else. I mean, look what they're doing at Black Panther Wanda. Uh, look what they're doing with Black Panther Wakanda Forever. The actress that played Shiri is no longer working with them because of her stance on the whole vaccine situation or whatever. So they got to bring in somebody else that might look identical to her or, you know, similar in tone, maybe, you know, look structure, whatever, just to finish the movie. Yeah. And that's true too. The actress that portrayed Faye went after the fans on social media. You're not supposed to do that. I mean, if you're going to talk to the fans on social media, you know, you know, a converse with them, then you need to basically be very professional. You need to be professional about that. You need to say, Look, I understand this may not be what you expect, but give it a chance. You might be surprised. That's it. Be professional, be courteous. But she wasn't. She wasn't. And that's another, and that right there, even before the series debuted, was a tall tale t- sign to a lot of people that even though the trailer made it look good, the series was not going to be exactly what the trailer promised. And that's it. That is it. And then, and then here's the thing: Cowboy Bebop's not the only show that got mixed reactions, if not negative reactions. Of course, I've come on here, video after video, and I'm not the only one that's talked about the mixed, if not negative, reaction masters of the universe, Revelation God. I mean, revelation on paper sounded good. You know, the premise sounded good. You know, even with Tila as one of the lead characters, sounded good. And the trailers, just like with the Cowboy Bebop one, made it look like it was going to be good. Promised something great. But what did everybody get in the end with part one? The exact opposite of what Kevin Smith, Ted Buscelli, and all of them promised, and what the trailer promised. And then part two, even though, like I said, it was a slight C-plus improvement, still basically wasn't exactly what fans were hoping for. You know, and it it wasn't. And a lot of people have theorized that there could have been last-minute changes. You know, either script animation-wise or more than likely script and recording-wise. Basically to throw off the fans of the fact that what was originally going to be there instead, Ed is now, you know, was originally planned to be this. And, you know, and I had somebody on one of the Facebook group pages They said they worked on the promotional posters and everything that was there when it was all being done, saying, oh, this was what was planned. Nothing was changed. And maybe that's true, but maybe that's them covering their own rear because they don't want the truth out there. We don't know. And look, I'm not trying to straight out say that animation was changed, even though technology has proven it can be done. But if those last-minute script changes and recordings to – salvage what was originally supposed to be and make it into something different. That's another thing. That is another thing. And who's to say, you know, Tila calling Adam, her hero, holding hands and holding hands with him on the top of what the castle, castle, grayscar all and everything indicating that they're now going to be an item after the first part indicated her and Andrea was something more. It's like, you know, if that, if that wasn't a change You know, in script, in a recording, I don't know what, I don't know what is. But again, I could be wrong. I could be wrong about that. But if, when you have a lot of people theorizing, if not speculating, if not having people close to the situation, kind of hinting that that's what, that's what indeed what happened, that's what exact, that's what indeed into an extent what happened, then you can't really blame anybody for being upset with something like this. If you're going to promise a show that's going to be somewhat of a sequel to the original filmation show, then you need to make sure one, even if you're not a fan but you're tasked with doing it, that you do your research, you do your research, you do your homework, you make sure you get all your, you know, all your areas, characters, world and all that corrected. And then after you have everything set in stone, then and only then should you start proceeding. I mean, one of the things that pissed off a lot of people about the second half was Tila, when she became the new sorceress, unlike her mom, she's like, I'm going to be able to go wherever I want now. Wee! I can do better than my mom. And that pissed a lot of people off. They were like, where's this Zodiac guy that's supposed to keep things in order? And here's the thing. I think if they are going to do another season of this, another season of Revelation, another two-part season, um, if you will, that can see. I could see Zodiac showing up there. I could see them bringing in Zodiac and having Zodiac confront Tila and be like, "Yeah, you are the new sorceress, but you can't just go willy nilly wherever you want. You're meant to be here." I can see a story, a little sub arc like that playing out. I can't. I can actually see that happening. But again, when you have fans pointing that out, they're like, "That doesn't make sense." Well, all because she changes the verbiage from I to we when it comes to having the power? You know, I can understand that. I can understand that. And I can see that being one of the reasons fans get pissed about this stuff. Because it's not staying true to the source material. Or at least paying paying somewhat a tribute to the original source material and going off in its own direction. I can understand that. I can understand I can understand where they're coming from. I really can't. But again, if net if Netflix and other streaming services like Amazon, Hulu, Disney Plus, HBO Max, Paramount Plus, and whoever else out there, you know, Apple Plus, you name it, you know, if they're going to do original, if they're gonna do reboots on certain anime from the past or certain 80s to 90s, 70s cartoons or whatever of the past, you know, I don't have a problem with that. I don't think anybody else has a problem with that. As long as they stay true, as long as they stay true to what they're rebooting, as long as they stay true to it and to an extent, you know, in other words, if you're going to do something You know, that you see from your own point of view, you can do your own vision. That's fine, but make sure you stay true. You stay true to some of the source material, pay homage to it, pay tribute to it, show through certain stories and Easter eggs or whatever that, hey, you did your homework. You're paying attention to how it should be presented. Then that way you won't get crapped upon by fans. And when you do it, so in my opinion, In my opinion, I don't have a problem if Netflix, if Hulu, if HBO Max, Disney Plus, Apple Plus, Paramount Plus, you know, you name it, you know, Amazon. I I don't mind if they do YouTube, you know, you know, I don't mind if they do reboots on certain animes or 80s cartoons, 70s cartoons, 90s cartoons, whatever, you know, for today. I don't mind that. And neither does anybody else, like I said, as long as it has some. You know, you know, some homage, some tribute, some, you know, extension or, you know, if you will, some connectivity to the original source material that shows the person or people behind it did their homework and knows that they need to keep it this way so that fans will be satisfied and won't complain. You know, so, so that's, so again, I have no problem, you know, with these, you know, services, streaming services, doing these things, doing reboots, as long as they do it in a way that doesn't, you know, get negative reaction and promises what it's going to be, if you will. So that's just that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion on it. But anyway, in closing, like I said, you know, should, you know, sh- you know, should reboots based on certain animes and an- and '80s cartoons. Be done by streaming by you know places like Netflix and other streaming services, absolutely, I have no problem with that. What I don't have no problem with that whatsoever, as long as it's done right and done as almost a tribute to the original source material. And once you do that, I guarantee you won't have no problems whatsoever. So I don't have a problem with it, as long as it's done right and as a tribute. But anyway, though, guys, that's gonna be about it. I've been going for almost Two and a half hours now. Wow. <laughs> it's been, like I said, it's been a while since I've done the topics on my mind live stream. But thank you all for watching. I really appreciate it. Thank you to all of you guys in the live chat. Really appreciate you, uh, you guys showing up. Really, really appreciate that. You know, I really appreciate that. Thank you to all of you guys in the live chat. Like I said, for showing up. Really appreciate guys' support there. So, like I said at the beginning, guys, comment down below in this post-live stream when you watch it after the live stream is over. Also, check me out at my Teespring store. It's time for Christmas. You can find some stuff there. I'm sure you enjoy getting for friends and family, even yourself. Also, check me out at BW Rose's Discussions on all your favorite audio podcast locations, except for Pandora. I am close to 300 podcasts. This will probably be put up there as part of the podcast later on. So check that out. Also, if you're listening to Anchor.fm, uh, you know, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, I should say, on, on anchor.fm. Uh, listener support has been activated if you want to help support me there. Also, check me out at Roses on Vmo for content you can't get here on YouTube in case of copyright reasons. Also, check me out at Patreon.com at B W Roses to support me at the $1 or $3 tier. Also, check me out at Venmo at Brian-Walmer-2. So until next time, guys, thank you all for watching. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to y'all later. I'm going to go get me some lunch. And also got to get my dog outside so she can go potty before we get downpoured again, um, if you will, uh, as I entangle myself here uh, for my thing. But, yeah, uh, thank y'all for watching. And I will talk to y'all later. God bless. Take care.